This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working Class Boner Podcast, episode 465. That's right. I'm back. Eric is back. Congrats I'm back. On, congrats on the kid thing. Thank you. Thank you. How's that going for you? It's going great. Yeah. Sorry I missed a couple episodes there, but it had, had a major life change. Yeah. Had a little baby boy, Hudson. Congrats. Yep. Born hey, the, you're you're a dad now. I'm a dad. How's that feel? It's weird. Doug, how many kids you got? I, hopefully zero. He's got to have at least four floating around. Dude, two more duck hunts. Six kids. Ooh, baby. Man. And to be careful. That's tough to think about. <laughs> be careful. You gonna raise duck hunters or deer hunters? I don't know. Both. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, congrats, Eric. Pretty <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Had, I think the confusion of the jury series dropping when you were on uh, your pregnancy leave. Yeah, I was on leave from the podcast. And that people were thinking like... Did you get paid for that? I was running a solo ship, and it was just going to be the jury series and no more working class bow hunter. <laughs> right. And we I just had to gave like, up on it. I had to respond to a few people's comments. Not everybody, just a few people. I'm like, no, it just seems weird right now. You know, Ross and Austin are on a moose hunt, and Eric's out of commission, and I just got back from mule deer hunt, and Doug's, Doug's drunk. Doug's got a real job, and he's drunk, and <laughs> like th- things just got strange for us for a minute. Hey, hey, but we're all back. Yeah, we're, back. we're here. We're trying. We're trying. Uh, Ross is working for his. He, he's a business owner, and Chandler has been farming, but he had a rain day, so he is hunting. That's right. So he's like, yeah, "If you guys are cool, I think I'm going to hunt instead of podcast." I'm like, "Yeah, say no more, fam. We'll see you yeah. later." Um, but anyway, Please. thank you for being here. Uh, the podcast is presented by Elite Archery. Uh, we've been putting them to work. I think is is Austin Remedy. Mm. Was that what he's shooting? I'm shooting a Remedy. He is shooting the Remedy. Team he, Remedy is is in the lead right now. So you know, I know because we kind of do this like weird friendly team thing. Because I'm Team Remedy. I shot a mule deer. He's Team Remedy. He has a moose. Yeah, Remedy is kicking ass right now. You're a solo team member, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you're just by yourself. About to see some results. Let's hit it there. Damn. Oh, damn, son. <laughs> Don't do us like that. Oh. Do us and dirty. you just wait. And you and Ross are team Encore. Encore. Encore's at the end. We're going to have that Encore. That's right. That strong season ending. I hope you're right. That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. But uh, right now, the remedies are winning. So 
What's up? Ah, uh, well, hey, plenty that's, of seasons. That's not really fair to us. I mean, Se- season's young. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. It's only been open for like yeah, <laughs> just over a Give week. Give some slack here, man. Right. Sorry about that. But I no, mean, Elite right? Archery, man, loving them. Um, uh, uh, code WCB Elite Archery if you want to save some money. Uh, save yourself some money there, and then have a bow shipped to a local dealer, and then help out your local business. They have a giant sale going on in their apparel right now too. They do. Yep. I didn't know that. Good. Yep. I've seen a seen an ad for it today on the Facebooks. I'm good looking out. Yep. Yeah, they didn't tell us. We just had to see it through social. That's right. That's how this works. <laughs> uh, lead archery, man. Proud to be a part of that family. Um, I'm also proud to be a part of the big time family. Mm-hmm. And literally about this time yesterday, I had a buck munching on some big time buck brunch right underneath me. Pretty mm-hmm. decent munching buck too. Munching on clover. I, I sent some pictures to the group. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he was he was nice. Goofy bastard. Yeah, he's kind of cool, huh? The one yeah. side was a little palmated and all that, but just uh, I'm holding out. Okay. Holding out, but not big. He's already already munching in the big time. So uh, code WCB2021, that obviously works for the remainder of 2021. It'll probably just be WCB2022 next year. So just, you know, mark that down (laughs) for January 1 on your calendars. Uh, Love big time. Um, I get to hang out with Joe. Oh, man. You guys remember me talking about the Buck Whiskey Dick? Yep. He's back. Is he still still He looks exactly the same. (laughs) You going to shoot him? I have to shoot that deer now. Now knowing that he's an old deer, and it'll be one of those deer. Like if I do shoot him, and I post pictures, everyone's gonna be like, "What the hell? Why yeah. did you shoot that?" But it's like, man, he's like an old dog, right? Not good. So yeah, put anyway. him down. He, I, I imagine he's got some buck brunch in his diet, so I'll have to be there if I hunt Indiana. And it's rough, dude. <laughs> when are you gonna go there? I don't know. Hopefully, when I tag out in Illinois, if that happens. Hell yeah! I'm just trying to be positive. You know, go stay at their uh, haunted apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently the haunted apartment at Big Time. Uh, <laughs> podcast also brought to you by Spy Point. A lot going on at Spy Point. Uh, the road trip truck giveaway. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we added the Rogue Ridge e-bike to that package for a giveaway. And they just did some updates to the Spy Point app. If you have a Spy Point cell cam or looking forward to getting one, um, they have basically it's like an interactive map tool where you can mark like where your cameras are, you can mark mm-hmm. stands and all that stuff, and it's all right there on the app. You're going to any way to look at buck photos. It's an it's a mapping app now too, and it's got cool. weather on there also. And weather, yep. So if you already have that app, you're a user of it, you're a member of the Insiders Club, that gets you to win the goodies. That's kind of a little bonus yeah. add-on. So if you're on all those cameras, no more losing them. You know where they are. I've lost cameras in my day. I think I've still. I'm pretty sure I got one out there still. I don't Not cell cams, but where it went. But it's nice to just look and see where you have everything, and even your stands and and all that. <clears throat> um, Rogue Ridge. Have you used your Rogue Ridge yet on the way? I have stand? not. Dude, it's a game changer. I know. I need to. I've been to only one. I've only been out once, and it's like a spot where I could use it, but it'd be kind of, you know, it's only fucking 75 yards off the road. Use it. I'm telling you, <laughs> right. because it's like, imagine if you ever wanted a mat, like, it's the closest thing you get to a magic carpet. I could. I wish I had it when I ran into that badger the other night. Chase him down. Just jump over it. <laughs> Bunny hop hey, peace. I'm out of here. I'll tell you two things I'm learning so far with season kicking off because I just have used and abused this thing um, as a just a bike all summer. Right, it's fun to ride, and I've just I've been beating the hell out of it and kind of using it harder than anybody else would normally use an e-bike. Um, you, using it now, what I do is I've found for they're quiet anyway, but to keep it super quiet, I learned a couple of things. I seen your video the other day. Yeah, I took um, I took the front fender off because I didn't want any like any debris in there hitting the fender makes noise. I'd rather just take it to the face than hit make noise. 
And then I take a bungee cord for the luggage rack and I bungee up the kickstand so the kickstand doesn't rattle. Mm -hmm. And then I don't shift gears. I find a good gear for whatever property I'm going in and then I keep it in that gear, like mountain bike gears are concerned. And then I do all my shifting with the like electronic gears. Yep. There you go. And that's how I power through. Because then I got it in like a lower gear so I can pedal and I just have the pedal assist on. So I'm just pedaling through like the Wicked Witch of the West or whatever, and I just get right in there. And it's like you're floating. There's no scent trail. Do you put anything on the luggage rack? Um, I have a, a small, just cheap Walmart fanny pack, camo fanny pack that I put. Um, when you get one of those Rogue Ridge bikes, they give you, um, it's like a multi-tool. There's sockets in it and Allen wrenches and yep. stuff. I put that in it. I put the key for the battery in it. And then, because, uh, you know, you have to get the key to get the battery yep. out, uh, just in case something were to happen or if I need to... I don't know. Like, if it's going to downpour really hard, if I wanted to, like, pull it out and put it in my pack or something. Sure. Um, and that's all I got in it right now. But it worked out good. So I, I got the luggage rack and the basket. I got a basket on the front. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, nice. put it on there. Your baby, your baby? Yeah, put my kid in there. <laughs> I did. I, I, we, we're kind of being long-winded with what we're talking about, but we're just conversating. But it's uh, I rode by a doe on the way out. And I watched her jump like 10 feet and then look at me like, what the hell was that? She probably thought you were a fucking alien or something. I don't think, I think it just didn't register in her head. Because I was like, <laughs> oh, there's a deer. Nope, not slowing down <laughs> right past her. Do you have the headlight on? I feel like, you ever watch those like Red Bull GoPro cams? Yeah. yeah. Of like guys on mountain bikes? That's how I feel I look on my way out because I just haul ass. <laughs> but you're really like going like this fast. <laughs> Actually, I was looking. So I don't go reckless like that. I kind of ride it real slow and quiet where I know where a deer could be. And then I have like an exit stretch before I'm out of the property. You just give her the bean. I gave her the bean. I was doing 14 miles an hour getting out of there. Just silent. <laughs> just silent. Probably blew that deer's mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not recommended to do that way, but... I, I I could hear I heard her jump, but I'm like, oh yeah, she's fine. Just jumps 14 feet in the air. I'll tell you, my neighbors, uh, one of my neighbors shot a deer, and he was out in his driveway, uh, cleanly texting me. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna ride my bike over there and see what's up. And I rode up to him, and they didn't. I scared the shit oh, out of them. They didn't even yeah, know because that. that's how quiet they are. They're like, Freaking oh my god, where'd you come from? I'm sneak like, sneak attack. I'm a ninja, dude. What's up? <laughs> I could have killed you. But I'm out. <laughs> Rogue Ridge is awesome, man. Uh, if you're thinking about getting an e-bike, check them out. Um, changing the game and then i've been using scent crusher and with the rogue ridge for basically my entry and exit what i'm what i'm most most concerned about right now and uh i got trail my spy points are going off right now just got that downpour yep some does some nannies coming out into the beans anyway um yeah i'm sitting scent crushing all my clothes in the gear bag gear bag is what's up and then floating in on the the bike man there's no scent trail or minimal as possible. Yeah. You know, I love it. Love it. What do you do with your bow when you're on I, your bike? Uh, so Huntworth sent us a pack, um, a test pack, and I put my bow on. Like, I just buckle it to the pack. Cool. Did you get nice. one of the packs? Yeah. Yep. I was going to say, I thought they sent you one. Um, yeah. So there's actually, I learned this. I didn't know about it because I was just buckling it in. On the bottom, there's like a cam or like buttstock pullout on the bottom. Oh, there of is. Pack. Okay. I haven't seen that so yet. So I've been buckling in, in there and then... Uh, yeah perfect so nice. far it's good when i so this goes into the next partnership is novix i i'm thinking i want to get some sort of like handlebar mount for my bow so if i have my stand on my back and i want to go do like yeah, a, yeah. use that so i got to figure something out there um but that new helo and the the sticks they make like the the stick quiver mm -hmm. i mean it's pretty compact i was testing it the other day riding and you can put that 
those sticks on your back with the stand and all that, and it still clears the luggage rack on the bike. Sick. So you could do it. So I need to get something figured out there, and I'll figure it out. But code for Novix, you're wanting to get one of those stands, working class 21. Um, Old Barn Taxidermy, of course, you go there, they're doing a giveaway. Um, if you say you're a working class bow hunter listener, they enter you into the WCB Fremont giveaway. Um, and loophole optics, man. Uh, I get, I'm getting texts right now, literally tonight, from Jacob Johnson. He says, dude, I have FOMO so bad right now. Because I don't have my binos on me, I forgot them at the truck. So, Ricky, <sighs> that's what, what we're gonna do with that guy. Yeah, we've been talking about this since day one. Yeah, don't bounce have yourself FOMO. out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, come on, loop around, get with it. It's a Midwest takeover. Um, don't have the feeling of FOMO. You can learn a lot more with binos than you would without. And right. You don't realize it until you make it part of your everyday hunting tools. Doug, you got a veteran shout out? I do. Gee, lay it on us, man. This is a long one. You've been doing them mobily lately. It's really weird doing them mobily too. It's, it's like, kind of cool though. I had to I redid it like fifty times. You did? <laughs> yeah. Wow, perfection. It was still so so. Yeah, I know. it's <laughs> still not perfect. It's still mediocre. <laughs> Someday I'll get it. <laughs> uh, as always, the veteran shout is brought to you by Operation HHA USA. You can go to hhausa.org and check them out. Uh, this one's submitted by Carl Johnson. Uh, the veteran is Jesse Hammond. Hammond. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Hmm? Is it related to you, Eric? Nah, it's spelled wrong. It's spelled different. Oh, okay. Uh, in the U.S. Army. This is a long one. So uh says, hello, Duck Guy Doug, and thank you f- and all you and all the WCB guys for doing this veteran shout-out. I think it's kick-ass that you guys use this platform to give thanks to some awesome dudes. With that being said, this shout-out will be typed up in an interesting way because I'm an interesting guy who is wanting to shout-out a badass dude. This dude is Jesse One Peck Hammond. Before enlisting in the U.S. Army, this harder than Peckerwood lips wrestled at <laughs> high school level, and if memory serves me right, he placed in top three his junior and senior year. When he wasn't slamming dudes into the afterworld on the mat, he would spend his time chasing dinosaurs, elk, in the mountains of northern Idaho. I met Jesse Cockstrong Hammond <laughs> in May of 2012. We were assigned to the same company while stationed at Fort, yeah, Fort Hood, Texas. From there, our brotherhood formed into a glorious freedom-fighting, lead-singing, lead-slinging, three-peck, rocking beast that neither time nor distance has been able to kill. Jesse, beat your mama's hand. <laughs> you got to not laugh when you read this. It's hard. Is the one that got me into archery and hunting in general. He was there for me when I was away from my family while in South Korea. Helped me mentally when I went through my divorce and he stayed in contact and one of my closest brothers since he got out of the military and moved back home. He has a great attitude about life, refuses to let the fact that he is only one. Oh boy. <laughs> what? I can't say the word. Eric. Can you not read Doug? Nah, dude, I can't read. I'm an engineer. Uh, pictorial muscle stopped him from doing whatever the hell he wants to. So this shout outs for him. And this cold beer is for you guys. Thank you again for all the great things you guys do. I'll be a forever a fan, and cheers from Texas. It also says, uh, so the T&K giveaway is over. It was a long time ago, but it says, P.S. I don't know if the T&K is still doing a veteran giveaway on the vinyl harness, but if there are by some chance, I'd graciously appreciate it if you got one. I'll even <laughs> suck y'all <laughs> something. No, you can't say that. <laughs> cradle, the, cradle the something else. Stroke to something else. And swallowed at something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's just God. a traffic thunder reference, just so we're clear. It says. 
Is this guy's phone number on there? Let's call this guy. <laughs> I don't know if I want dude. to. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, thanks for spending that, Carl, and uh, thank you for your service, Jesse. Thanks, Jesse, and thanks, Carl. Those two yeah. seem like they'd be thank pretty you. fun to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. maybe we should get them in the studio. I don't know if I want them in the studio, but... God, they get fucking reckless, sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, guys, for your service. Um, hey, I think we just quit japping our jaws, and let's get into the podcast here. Let's do it. All right. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Ball Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. All right, podcast. I'm not even sure anymore. We uh, this might be one of the <laughs> few podcasts that we've recorded, and then we decide to re-record uh, due to. Uh, Clint not being at home and Devin was on a trailhead and we just, it was just kind of in shambles. So we're redoing this podcast because we feel that just needs to be redone. Um, you guys were supposed to be in studio, uh, Clint and Devin, and it just didn't work out with everything going on in our lives. We need to get you guys in here. Yeah, so we got to actually make that happen. So if you guys are listening to this podcast and you hear myself, Doug, and Eric on the intros, and then it cuts in and it's just me and Austin in studio and Clinton Devin on the phone, it's because we re-recorded just due to inconsistencies and volume and whatever else. It is not perfect now, but it's we got to do it now because I don't want to wait any longer for this episode, pretty much, especially with Whitetail Season in yep. full force. So. Yep. Got to get it hey, out. So I got a question real quick. Yeah. How many times have you re-recorded a podcast? Uh, never. This is the first time. First one. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> I, I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and I've never really done a podcast, so this is like new to me. I don't really know what to do. It, well, and so what we did last time when we... Like Devin and I kind of talked afterwards. I feel like we kind of skimmed over like certain details, so it's worth going over again. I think. Like, yeah, I felt rushed because Clint's like getting has like a dinner reservation. He's on Zoom, and then I was like, okay, power. Th- we just powered through a lot of details because of just the bad timing and nature of how we recorded the last one. Hey, you guys just sharpened the blades the first time. We're putting the fine edge on it this time. So, moral of the story: if this episode sucks, <laughs> assholes. <laughs> we just suck ass in hey, general. What you hear is what you get on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's nothing and, we could have done for This it. is your first high country mule deer hunt, dude. So this has got to be like a a good podcast where like people can like hear what we're saying. There's no like ups and downs, but yeah, the last one was a little bit rough. We're we're gonna just make yeah. it work, and and we need to. Uh, we probably should keep that in 
a little bit in our mindset when we're talking about this because you know this is my first backcountry experience. We almost need to talk to guys, you know, mostly from the Midwest as our listener base that have never done a true backcountry high country mule deer hunt. So um, some of those details yeah. we can hit. And I know Chandler, you said you were interested in doing a hunt oh, like yeah. this. I'm very interested in doing it. It's honestly really high on my list. So I'll have some questions for you guys. I'm sure I'll sound like an yeah. idiot, but that's. I don't think so, man, because I still feel no. like an idiot. You know. Yep. Low intelligence, but what's up? We're here. <laughs> And we're drinking, so that's a good time too. I mean, hell, where, where do we start, boys, on this whole hunt? You know, it's I, mean, I guess we go back to me drawing the tag, not sure if I was going to draw the tag, and I did. Um, I had points built up in Wyoming and whatnot, and that's uh, kind of an interesting process in itself. Just the way you split points with somebody else was interesting to me. I didn't, I wasn't aware you could do that out there. Yeah, I think I don't know how it all works um, exactly. Um, but I, I had like almost enough points and then, um, I don't, I don't, I actually don't know how it works really. Our buddy Trey's an expert and yep. he, he does that for a living and he's kind of like, he goes through a guy that manages points and all that stuff for a lot of his clients and stuff. So he can he, he knows how it works. So how many points did it take you to get in on this unit where you're at? Four. Four points. I believe four. Okay. Yeah. And that's a pretty decent unit where you guys are at. Yeah. It's a great unit. I don't know if I want to say what unit, um, but yeah, yeah. It, it's a good unit. It's but a, yes, it, it, it's a dang good unit yeah. in Wyoming, and uh, our buddy Trey hooked us up. Yeah, he, he basically is like, hey, I'll I'll guide you through the process because I was just super ignorant to how it all worked. I'm just like, hey, man, I want to hunt out here. What do I got to do? He's like, yeah, I can help you out, you know? So he, I kind of used him as an agent. Yeah, worked um, out well. Really, I mean, that's really what I did, I and I just threw him a tip for that. So anyway, well, I mean, that was smart because every state is a little bit different. Every state's got, you know, there's little ins and outs. And until you figure that all out, I mean, it is confusing and it could take when I first started the Western stuff. I mean, it took me years to figure out here's how Colorado works. Here's how Montana works. Here's how Utah works. I mean, they're all a little bit different. None of them are exactly alike. So, I mean, if you can find someone like a Trey that already knows the ins and the outs, it can help you. I mean, that's a huge, huge benefit and bonus. Right, right. Um, I mean, the guy, he lives out there, so it's cool to bounce ideas off of him, like expectations and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so that was helpful there, knowing an expert. Um, so basically it was like, if I draw the tag, if I if I draw the tag, then we'll go on this hunt. And it was kind of cool because Devin, you're like, dude, if you draw that tag, I'll come out and go with you. And Clint, you said the same thing, you know, and um, does that add up? And so, dude, yeah. all, all this started on the bear hunt, right? Yeah. So um, I had an interest in doing the hunt. Um, and I, yeah, just basically like quiz and train stuff like that. He's like, well, you could, how many points you got? He goes, yeah, you could, you could probably draw out here and all that. So, and then, yeah, that's when we started the conversations about it and that's Devin when you're like dude if you draw I'll go with like for sure because we have plenty of time to plan you know because the, the bear hunt was in May I believe end yeah. of May beginning yeah. of May yeah so that worked out there um and I kind of already knew just from coming to Wyoming a couple of times how brutal the terrain is and stuff like that so uh but I guess getting down to it we had it planned out if I draw the tag um put in I actually we went to town leaving bear camp and that's when I like applied and paid for everything online. And then, so it's kind of funny. That's when I did it and then found out I drew the tag. I was, 
Um, kind of doubting that I would draw it just because you just don't know. And it was my first time doing that. But I, I had been building points before I even had any hunting experience in Wyoming, just kind of building points wherever for, for stuff like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to hunt mule deer in Wyoming and some better units and you don't have any points, you know, start building points and then start planning. You know, that'd be uh, my advice. Um, or if you're wanting to go with like our buddy Trey, I mean, he can, he's an outfitter. He could guide you. You know what I mean? You could pay him to do it. You know, we didn't do that, but you could certainly call him and make your hunt plans for four or five years down the road and, and book a hunt with him to go. So, um, anywho, I drew the tag. I was super pumped about it. Um, and basically told you guys like, Hey, we're in. So we just started planning from there and, and everything. And, um, I don't know, not, not really a ton of details there. We just planned for the hunt. We planned to be out there for seven days, 10 days if we had to. We were mapping out food, uh, all the travel arrangements, shit like that. Um, I got out there a few days early to try to get acclimated to just the higher elevation, like at where humans live. And uh, maybe it helped, maybe it didn't. I don't know. Um, so where where do you start getting used to the elevation at? Like where where were you guys at? We, uh, so base camp, yeah. where, where's base camp? Well, our, for, well, first we went up the day before season opened and got all the way up there. And base camp was, I think we agreed it was like right around 10, well, four. Kurt, Kurt, how long was your drive, dude? Cause we got to talk about like, like, dude, you went from, what was it? You live in Illinois. Yeah. About 600 or, feet. That's a swear word, right? Illinois. Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chicago's Sh- a swear word. Chicago's Chicago. a swear word. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So how long is that drive? I believe to uh to the closest town to where we hunted is around nineteen twenty hours. Damn. So dude. I you know, I had to map ahead. Well, my biggest fear was being worn out from the drive. Yeah. Because the drive wears you out. Like once you get there, you feel like you just need to unwind from the long drive. Yeah, you're jet lagged when you get there. Uh-oh. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I actually drove up um I'm trying to think. Like two days early, really. Yep. And I stayed one night in Laramie and kind of just relaxed and kind of had enjoyed my me time and then got to the next town, which is the closest one to where we hunted, um, and got another hotel and kind of just, you know, I guess tried to get acclimated to the new atmosphere and just kind of hung out by myself and did my thing. And then we, so I don't know, that's a lot different. I don't know what it is down there, like where the town was, the elevation, I'm guessing eight something, I don't know, six something, seven something. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. You're you're probably in the five to seven somewhere in there, I bet. Yeah. So, which is a lot different than 600 foot, you know, and also, you know, from going out there bear hunting, it's. Oh yeah. I've elk hunted in Utah and I've, I've spent some time around 8,000. I mean, that, that'll take the wind out of you when you're not used to it. Yeah. I could imagine trying to keep up with Clint and Devin out there at 10 or 11,000. <laughs> well, it was eye opening. So <laughs> we get up, um, and I don't know if we got to hit any details in between there guys, but we get up to base camp the day before, uh, how one, many miles are you guys back in? Would we, uh, on the way out, we mapped it. I want to Six and a half. Well, between five and I have to say, I thought it was between five and a half and six and a half, if I remember. Holy correctly. cow! Somewhere in there. Because I remember, I don't remember really thinking about it. But on the way down, Devin, you looked. You're like, shit. We get, we're not even halfway. It's seven miles. Or I, that's <laughs> maybe I'm making that up. But I, I thought that's what. Dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look right now. I'm gonna pull up on X right now, and I'm gonna look at it. You almost have to do our but, walking route rather than as the crow flies. I don't know how you map that. As the crow flies, not seven I, miles, but 
Man, when you no, look I, right, no, well, I, I think I, I think I might have tracked it. I'll, I'll look and I'll let you guys. I know. thought I thought you were tracking it, Devin. I'm pretty sure you were tracking it because I thought we said it was around six to seven total the way we walked. Because as a crow flies, it would have been like maybe two, two and a half, something like that. Yeah. And that's a lot of work just getting started going back in six or seven miles. And I know that's probably not a long trek for, for Western hunters, but for, yeah. for a flatlander like me, that seems like a lot of work just to get started to get back in there. Oh, well, it's different when like you feel fresh and like you're excited about it. And I was excited the whole time, but we, we get up to camp and we, we get up there the day before, like mid, mid late afternoon. And so we set up tent, our tent, we couldn't find a good flat spot to set up our tent. So we're kind of like kicking dirt around and shit. And uh, Devin actually took the time to like, create a good foundation to sleep on. And me and Clint just kind of like <laughs> kick sand around. We're like, yeah, it's cool. And uh, it wasn't. <laughs> so like I'm like sleeping. On, I'm like damn near rolling downhill as I'm sleeping. And uh, it just kind of sucked. But it was it was a good memory, you know. But anyway, like I remember I, being up that high, setting up the tent and just being like out of breath. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this sucks. What did I get myself into? <laughs> yeah. I, I, got, I was just like trying to mentally prepare myself, you know, thinking myself through like you're about to experience a whole lot of misery, which is like, yeah, I knew, I'm not an, a, too big of a dummy. Like, yeah, of course I, I was going to experience misery. It's kind of the allure to that hunt anyway. Exactly. Yep. Um, all right, so going in, we're there the day before. We set up tents, all that shit. And I mean, am I missing details there? I just don't want to skim over something because I feel like Devin will pull us back. And be like, hey, you no. forgot this. I'm curious about your tent setup. Like, what were you guys using for a for a tent setup? So, all three of us had big Agnes tents. Uh, let's see. I think all of us had two person tents. Devin had the copper spur. I had a tiger wall. What? Let's not talk about the tent I gave to Kurt or let Kurt use because <laughs> the tent I, get, I let Kurt use, there's some squirrels that got into it. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Kurt finish that story. <laughs> it, I, don't get me wrong. I couldn't bitch because I didn't bring a tent, but Devin's like, dude, I got you a tent. I'm like, all right, cool. Cause I had one, but it was like a little bulkier compared to these, you know? And I set yeah. it up, and it's just like the... The rain fly had a few holes in it, which was like good, but dude, the screen part of the actual tent was like, <laughs> I, I basically, if there was no rain fly, I could have just stepped in and out of the tent. You could just glass through it. You didn't even have to get down to your tent. You could just glass from the tent. <laughs> dude, a grizzly bear could have just mauled my ass. <laughs> like, not, not that it couldn't have mauled me through a tent anyway, but like, it'd see what it was mauling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would it would have it would have definitely grabbed my throat first cuz it could have seen what it was grabbing. So and it wasn't an issue like the first day I'm like all right cool, but then we got some rain and I'm like holding the bottom and the top of like where the screen was ripped together to kind of keep my shit dry and it was just <laughs> it actually never got any water in it the whole time. Um, no. And, and dude, I I I I apologize. Dude, I had no idea. Well, Okay, I forgot that there's all these holes in my tent. <laughs> so I, I apologize for that, but dude, so how did we tape the the um the rain tarp? The, we had the, Lu- what do we use like your Luco tape, which is just like athletic tape, kind of Luco tape, yeah. So like, yeah. and it yeah. like barely sticks to it, you know, because it's like that slicky material. Uh-huh. So I'm like sticking, trying to like crunch up the material of the tent to like get the tape to like stick and. It, it did for a while, and then I get out there, and it's like the tape vanished. 
And I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> so, Devin's like, I'm going to fix this Flatlander's ass right off the rip. <laughs> yeah. Fuck this guy. <laughs> so uh, it worked out though, man. It, it was, I, I was thankful for the 10. I'd rather have that 10 than no 10 at all. Um, so yeah, we get the tents and they were, it was cozy enough, you know, like we could have picked a better spot, but what was nice is where, where we chose to camp was right down. Well, one, it was hidden out of sight from any animals. Really? It was, it was on the back side of this little taking a mid roll break from the podcast. Cause we're probably like refilling drinks or peeing or something like that. You <laughs> taking know, a whiz. you know, things that, you know, humans need to do taking a piss. Um, even us, you know, as hard as that is to believe if believe it or not. You know, we got to take a piss sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is also brought to you by Thermoseat. Uh, we've actually been part of Thermoseat for a while now. Um, and I think more people are familiar with Thermoseat than they might realize at times because it's really like a true American hunting company. Oh, yeah. Um, and almost all the tree stands need a Thermoseat or have a place for it. Right. I have a couple sets that I set this year that I forgot to bring my working class, thermo- the, the traditional Thermoseat out for. So... My next sit's going in. I'm going to cram a couple in my pack, and then that'll be like my tree stand seat mm. on my tree stand. So um, even if you get a new like Novix tree stand and you're like, I want a little thicker butt pad, you can buy a no or um, a Novix. You could buy a Novix, but you could also buy a thermos seat tree stand replacement seat for it if you want a little thicker or you're like Chandler and don't have meat on your bones. You need to stay warm. So uh, check out <laughs> Thermoseat. We have them in our bones. store. Um, and then we also have a code WCTS at Thermoseat's website if you'd like to save some money. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by Victory Archery. I'm a RIP TKO fan, have been for a long time. Same. I'm shooting extortions. Yeah. How you feeling yep. about them? I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm good. Second season for them. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like the RIP T- Just I have the experience with the RIP TKOs, and they've yep. done me well. So, And I shot those forever before the extortions. I just mm-hmm. wanted to switch it up a little bit, you know? Ross Bigger got me on to victory like years ago mm-hmm. before we were even partnered with them. He's like, dude, you got to shoot these RIP TKOs. And I switched from another brand, and I haven't looked back. I haven't looked back. I haven't looked Only back. Only ever will. I don't think so either. I don't have a code for them. I'm sorry, guys, but uh, what are you going to do, you know? <laughs> and uh, also, <laughs> it is what it is. we pair the victory with uh, Slick Trick Broadheads. Uh, shooting the, I'm actually shooting a combo of broadheads right now. I got the Raptor tricks in my quiver and the new assailant. I got the assailant loaded up. They're ready to rock. Nasty. I'm going all Raptor tricks. Are you? Right through them. Zip. Zippity Double doo Uh Code WCB at Slick Trick. Save you some coin there. Um, I really like the new head. That's what I shot my mule deer with. And we're going to get into that or we've been getting into that as far as this episode is concerned. Um, I love it. Hope you like it. Try it. If you don't like them, that's fine. What's up, everybody? Bro- I just I always say that when I like promote a broadhead or talk about a broadhead, it's because like I could be out in public and someone be like, "Dude, fuck your broadheads," and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, so, see you later. Cool, man. All right. <laughs> see you later. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Everyone's so opinionated about broadheads. Right. It's tough, but we can just tell you what we like and what we use. We're not lying about it. So if you don't like it, just Keep it to yourself. <laughs> back to the podcast. Okay, we're back. We had te- technical difficulties. I don't know why I'm blaming it on Clint's Android because in 500 episodes, we've never had that happen. This is, well, let me take it. We had one episode that we recorded and lost, and we never attempted to re-record it, and I felt bad for that guest, but it was one of those episodes. Like We had a series of events that kept happening that wouldn't get the episode out. I think it was episode 213, and we called it the unlucky episode. And this is like, and we're kind of experiencing like, you know what we ended up doing? We just did a bullshit podcast to push through it, Uh and then it just, we were fine after. So I wonder if that's what's happening right now. Um, 
for some reason we cut out to them, but we could all still hear each other. Very bizarre. Um, where, where we left off was we were talking about where we set our tents up for glassing and how it was perfect because it was just over this ridge to, from where we did our main glassing door. We could see three separate uh, mountain faces. Okay. Um, and so we basically would hike up the hill. I don't know, 60, 70 yards. What do you think, boys? And then you'd get over, we'd get over this yeah. edge. And we actually had service there um, because it was up so yep. high. So about 10-4. Yeah. Um, and then we just basically tried to stay on the tops as best as we could. But uh, the night before, we did all our glassing from that area. And I have a question. Yeah. While we're on this subject, I- I'm an idiot when it comes to this. So when you guys set up camp, you're looking at like three different faces. Is there... Anything you look for in particular when it comes to like these faces, like do they have to be south facing or have a certain type of elevation or a bowl or anything like that? Like Clint, Devin, what do you guys look for when you're when you're setting up a camp? Go ahead, Clint. Yeah, so I mean, typically, like we were on the back side of the ridge from where we were gonna glass, which is what I like to do. I mean, I don't wanna I want to be able to be in camp, have a light on, do what I got to do and not be seen from the actual faces that I'm going to be glassing. So I don't want deer to be able to be on a face and look over and see my camp. So this was a perfect setup. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Yep. We could top the ridge. And I mean, every place is a little bit different. You know, we hadn't been there. So, I mean, you know, you're looking for, well, obviously, I mean, it's early season, so it's high country mule deer hunt. So, I mean, a lot of these bucks are still up high, up towards the top of these ridge lines. You're basically following the feed line. You know, as the season gets later and later and the sun burns off your feed, your feed line of where the good feed is is going to keep moving down the mountain. So, as season progresses, your bucks are going to start at the top and they're going to keep working their way down. Colder weather and snow drives them down even more et cetera, et cetera. But these, these lush, or I should say more lush basins at the top in early season is typically where you're going to find the majority of your bucks. Now, I mean, there's guys that it's, it's got to be south facing, got to be north facing. I mean, depending on the areas, I mean, I, I, I would say Devin will probably agree. I mean, you can kill bucks on the north, south, east, west. I mean, it just honestly depends on what the deer likes. We saw Certain deer on every, gonna, on every slope. Yeah. Every yeah, so I was, I was just gonna say every face, which was facing I think every way but straight east. I think we had a west, a north, and a south. We had good bucks and uh, lots of deer on every face. So I mean, you know, but all those faces had a few common features. You know, they had good cover midway down. They had lush feet at the top. You know, I mean, nothing was really burnt off. So, I mean, that was kind of the common factor, common denominator, I guess you could say. But, um, and, uh, you know, one thing I've learned from Devin hunting with him over the years is once you find deer, you got to figure out what they're in, what elevation, and then start looking for other points of interest that mimic where those deer were, and you're probably going to run into other deer. So if you move down a ridge a mile and find another feature that looks like the feature you saw deer on the day before, chances are there will be deer on that same style of feature for whatever reason that may be. Maybe okay. it's because it's facing east, or maybe it's because, 
at that 10 foot or 10,500 foot elevation mark, that's kind of where the feed line is at that point in time. You know, there's, there's a reason why they're there. So once you can, once you figure that out, you can find more deer in places that resemble that. Yep. And I, after, you know, Clint saying that, I feel I caught on fairly quick to that. Like, Oh yeah. Once. Very quick. So I think, um, Devin spotted the first, uh, good buck bedded of the trip. And I think I'm actually have the photos pulled up so Austin can see, cause Austin was on the hunt, but, um, and it was like, once he spotted that and I got to see it, then I felt like I kind of got how difficult it was to find them. And then it changed how I was looking. So I don't know if you can yep. see this photo on the a screen, Austin. Yep. But you see the deer bedded right here. Okay. You know, that's like, a mi- it seems like a mile away, but you know, I would have never spotted that deer if it wasn't for Devin, like, Oh, I got a buck. And then what we did, what he did, is that the buck in the saddle? Uh, this is the buck, um, up in those trees. Remember the white, the patch of white trees we kept talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's the saddle. So yeah. Okay. Picture that Kurt's talking about right now. That's, that's like the first deer that we seen when we got up there that day, Yep. which was the day before opener, which is the saddle. So for everybody, for everybody that's listening right now, like, we're going to talk about the saddle. And I think that's like an important, like part of the whole story is like, we got up to camp, we set up our camp. We got 70 yards above our camp, got on the backside of the ridge and started glassing. And then we, we, we glass up those bucks in the saddle, which is the picture that you're talking about. Yep. And then, so because I, I got this photo pulled up, see this saddle right here, Austin. Okay. Got it. That's what we're talking about. Yep. Uh, but yeah, this whole mountain face is what we watch. But anyway, yeah, so we find that buck. It kind of set the tone for like, okay, now I know how to kind of look for these deer. And and then it was kind of on from there. Like I was able to find deer along with you guys and be productive um, along with you guys rather yeah. than relying on. I didn't have a spotter, but I had good, uh, I had 12 by 50 loopholes, which were, I mean, I was still spotting the same deer you guys were spotting, but obviously just not in the detail because you guys had the spotters. I'll be honest with you right now, dude, like, your spotting was spot on, dude. Like, for a high country guy that hasn't been there before, you did a damn good job picking out those deer. Thanks, man. That that means a lot. I felt like I caught on, but it's always good to hear that from somebody that's done it a ton. It just makes me want to do this hunt even more when I listen to you guys talk about it. Like, you can imagine the mountains around you, the scenery and glassing for these deer. It's just... Oh, just wait. You'll be... I got to do this hunt. I have a feeling we'll be going with you here after you, we get done with this podcast. Uh, it's on the list for sure. <laughs> but it, it was cool, man. Like it was, it was neat to look for deer that way. And because the country is so vast, you can see so far. And then Devin just kept, t- you know, this is kind of cool. Like I like going with guys that have experience out there because, you know, Devin's like, God, this is big country, man. And I'm like, man, it must be really big country because this guy lives in Utah and yeah. has experience all over oh, the place yeah. hunting. So, and even Clint, you know, you've been all over too, and you're like, this is big, big country. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. of course it seems big to me. I just, you know, I just always think like, well, if you think this is big, you should go here. You know, which I know there's some more extreme places and stuff like that, of course. But uh, kind of just hear you guys talk about this is big country, and and you know, just watching deer all over. Closer mountains, further away mountains. I mean, we we saw a lot of deer that first night. I mean, Twenty some bucks, I think. Wow. We saw the first night, yeah. and I'm like freaking out. You know, I'm like, holy smokes! We, 
You know, it might have been a little less than that, but it seemed like twenty two bucks. It was, it was. I think it was fifty. I think I remember one of us making a statement. We saw right around fifteen to twenty somewhere in there because pretty much damn near every one of those spaces we picked out some bucks on. Um, whether it was binos, splatter, you know, I mean, we were all running something. Um, yeah. Which which is good. I mean, that's for people listening, like, you know. A 12 by 50, like, you know, we were running loophole 12 by 50s on a um, on a tripod with a bino adapter. And, I mean, I run that. And, I mean, Devin, Devin will attest to this because him and I hunt so much. I run my binos 90% of the time. Devin will run his spotter 90% of the time. My philosophy, I like to find him with the binos and then zoom in. I feel like I'm more effective that way. Devin is so good with a spotter that he will zoom out with a spotter. And he will just run his spotter and do his quote unquote finding, searching, and then his fine tuning all with the spotter. I like yeah. to search and pan with the bios. And then once I find deer, zoom in, switch out real quick. I got the same adapter plate on my spotter, so I can switch from my binos to my spotter in about three seconds. That's kind of my system. But like Devin, he will run straight up, just run the spotter. 90% of the time, I'm probably like 70, 30, 70 binos, 30 spotter. And that's just what works for me. That's what works for him. I, I feel like I lay in the same way Clint's talking to, because I would, you know, we were switching back and forth, you know, it'd be like, ah, yep. here, Kurt, take the spotter for a bit. And I would yep. find certain deer. I'd be like, oh, hey, oh, I got a buck here. Um, hey, let me see your spotter. Yep. And then I, but yep. I liked, I felt like it was easier for my eyes to scan. Well, a guy from a Midwestern background is probably going to be a little more comfortable with a pair of binoculars. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And it was cool. What was fun about it is, so the one big, uh, the closest mountain face to us where our camp was, we kind of had it where the saddle was, uh, with that Devin mentioned earlier, we kind of had like these patches of white trees we picked out. And that was all based on the first buck he found. Like mm -hmm. the, there was a dead yeah. tree that had a really bright white bottom. And it was like, he's 30 yards to the left of that. And then we'd take a picture and take a piece of grass and be and point at the phone and be like, okay. he's right here. Glass <laughs> this spot right here. And then, I mean, that was a really effective way to, yeah. rather than being like, look yeah. over here, you see the, the little dipper. And then there's Ross's beard up there in the sky and then it's down. You know what I mean? Like you doing some shit like that. So we kind of learned our methods, like as a group, how to find bucks as we were sitting there watching yep. them from a distance, yep. um, which is really fun. And like, I, I really enjoy glassing. Like it's, I enjoy it more yeah. than I thought I wouldn't enjoy it because there's like a lot of cool things that happen while you're glassing, you know, because like, especially the first night when it's not season, we're kind of bullshitting a little bit. And then we're finding like once we started, the deer started getting up, and we started finding them. It's funny how the conversation shift goes from kind of like dude talk on the mountain to, oh dude, there's a buck right there. And then we're all kind of like communicating, but also highly focused on finding more deer. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, a I fun did. system with buddies. There's for sure. Like it's 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 fun to like start glassing and deer start popping up and. Devin's like, oh, I got two bucks here. They're just decent bucks. And then I might have been like, oh, hey, here's a good buck over in that far face. Devin, check it out. Or here, Kurt, look, yo, here, I got it set up. Jump yeah. over here. I'll move out of the way. Look in the spotter. You know, oh, shit, there's another group of deer over here. They're all down. Oh, no, there's a buck. Like, and it just, yeah. you start kind of rolling off each other. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that makes it fun. I mean, I th that's probably what has drawn me to – 
spot and start the western bow hunting deal is it, it, honestly like i absolutely love the glass and i know devin's the same way i mean i don't i don't know anybody that probably likes the glass more than devin and i mean it's an art and a technique and once you get it down it's like shed hunting once you get an eye for sheds and once you figure out how to train your eye to pick out not the whole shed but pick out a part of an antler or just the glare or just a coloration of an antler once you figure out how to glass effectively like how you're going to grid out a mountain like up and down left and right like whatever you're you know you, you kind of find your own little pattern and you get good at it oh dude there's like nothing more fun because i mean yeah. it's just like a game of hide and seek with your glass it's a blast and, man and dude that that was the best part about the hunt dude is like yep. watching kurt like figuring out Learn. like how to glass and dude like no no shit dude like you figured out how to find a deer and dude i remember yeah. thinking like how in the hell did kurt find that deer before i did yeah how did kurt like find that buck so quick and dude that that makes me think about the first buck that the first stock that we went on mm-hmm. yeah was he like a four by a four by five four by he six was a, he was a four by five i think yeah, yeah four, four by five, by five I, I believe and then you start putting this game plan together i'm like Kurt, hold up, buddy. I'm going to put the game plan together for you. And you're like, wait, hold on, buddy. Maybe we <laughs> should go down this way. Maybe we should go that way. And, dude, that's what was so cool for me is, like, experiencing somebody that had never been in the high country. Yep. Like, just, yeah, like, finding deer, spotting them out, and then going on, like, making a game plan for your first stock. Yeah, for sure. And I think, too, like, you know, first time in the high country, but I've also have, I, you know, I've killed a lot of deer at the same time. And yes, at, a, at a basic level, deer are deer. You know, I have done a semi high country mule deer hunt in Oregon. I wouldn't call it high country like this, but right. you know, I made game plans and got on deer and stuff like that. But, uh, I just think like get a certain level, like deer hunting experience at a higher level is, is deer hunting experience, whether it's a whitetail or a muley. Now, way different in elevation, way different in big country. And, you know, of course, mule deer do different stuff than whitetails. But, um, but I, but I think a lot of it is I'm, I'm eager and motivated to try to be successful rather than be more passive. Um, because even though I know you guys have a ton more experience in mule deer hunting, um, I still wanted to, I feel like that's how I learn. If I put myself in the game like that, and then you're like, Hey, hold on. Think about this though. And I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't think yep. about that. Yep. I feel like I learn. I'm actively learning more effectively that way rather than sitting there and having you tell me yeah. how to go about Be- a stop. Best way to learn is just to jump in head first and yeah. get your feet wet. And if you, yeah. you know, you mess up the first time or two, you're, you're yeah. learning with hands on. And I guess I didn't realize that Devin, like in that, in that moment, which is kind of cool. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I didn't, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, dude, that was it, it. Was cool for me, dude. Just, I just loved how you were like making a game plan, dude. I was like, damn, dude, this like, I honestly felt like you studied for it, dude. Like you put in your time, you put in your work, and like you just like was like studying for it. Because, dude, when you started making game plans for this, I was like, damn, dude, this guy's legit. <laughs> well, I appreciate well, that. I mean, it's different, you know. It's different for Devin and I because we've been on stocks and and done solo hunts to where like like you're just on your own you got to figure it out so like i think at times we forget some of this stuff but like him and i talked 
that night, whenever we left after you, after, you know, after the hunt's over and we're heading back to Utah, like we were talking that night on the drive, like just how cool it was to see everything unfold and watch you adapt to a totally new environment and a totally new hunting experience and figure out on your own. I mean, like, yeah, we were there to help you, but like you were figuring out a lot of shit on your own, which was cool. Yeah. Like a lot of guys, I think what I think a lot of guys would have sat back on their heels and just kind of let me and Devin per se kind of like just kind of not do everything, but almost like okay, dude, go sit here, glass here, here's what you do, you do this, you do, you know. Whereas you were like, hey, this might be stupid, but I got an idea. Like, what about this? What about that? Like, you were very in tune and involved with what was going on, and that's probably why you adapted so quick to figuring out how to glass how to put plans together for a stock, like, yeah. you know, that stuff all, that stuff all comes with experience, but you were very involved instead of just kind of sitting back in like, well, fuck, I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'll just let these guys like tell me what to do. Well, you were, I, like I, eager to, this might sound silly, but I do a lot of my, um, a lot like in tree stands or like when I'm thinking about a hunt, I, I do nothing but like visualize. And I, I know Austin, you oh, probably yeah. do this, but like if I'm expecting a big buck to do a certain thing in a, in a tree stand here yeah. at home in Illinois, yep. I'm visualizing every angle he could come into and how I'm going to react yeah. to how he comes in from this spot or this scenario yeah. or whatever. So I guess I was kind of doing similar things like, well, if we find a buck, how am I going to make a move on it? Like what's the plan and like visualizing that. So I guess that's probably what Devin's talking about yeah. when I got to the moment I was throwing ideas at it. But I guess now that kind of brings us into that first morning, you know, we saw all those bucks going, we saw bucks in every angle. Am I, am I kind of on the right track here, fellas, or am I missing something? Yeah. Yeah. No, no let's no, go for it. Let's talk about it. So we get up the next morning and it was kind of like we, well, it's funny is Devin brought a whole bottle of fucking French vanilla creamer. <laughs> like, we're cutting weight everywhere because we're back. You can't bring in any water, but you got to have the creamer. <laughs> right. Was, right. So he brings it, which is hilarious. And we didn't know he actually had it until he's like, let's make some coffee. I brought some creamer. And I was thinking like powdered creamer. A bag. Yeah, yeah, like, a whole bottle. yeah like, 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 bottle. like rations of powdered creamer. And he's got a whole thing of like uh, 32 ounce bottle of creamer. <laughs> the fucking name brand French vanilla creamer. I'm like, you brought a whole bottle of creamer up here? Yeah, dude. You know, go all excited about you it. You got to have priority. I'm, I'm like, have my, coffee. I'm like cutting my toothbrush in half to shave ounces, and he's got a. 16 ounce bottle of fucking creamer up there <laughs> dude it came in clutch though when we needed it so we had all these big, we had all these big game plans get up the first morning have coffee right there at our glassing spot with creamer i don't even know if we actually did no we didn't the first morning no so, no because no. we got on deer quick we so it was like that was our plan get up there um get some caffeine get some food get some water then make and then find some deer and make our move well we found bucks way off in the distance and i knew we were gonna end up stopping before then so i'm like cool i'll get i'm a cat i have to have caffeine when i get up and at this high elevation it would probably would have been a better idea for me to like get what i was used to caffeine get some food get a generous amount of water in me and we found those bucks like all right we got to move so i'm thinking we'll we'll get up to that glassing spot we'll do that then while we're making a game plan and waiting for these bucks to bed i'll get my caffeine i'll get my food i'll get my water and i'll feel good and we were running ridges so we weren't hitting hills so first thing in i'm just running on e on everything Half halfway there, um, Clint stayed back to glass. Devin and I made our move, and Clint. The plan was eventually Clint was going to get up and meet us, and yep. 
we're uh, Devin and I are running ridges and we're going and Devin's in front of me and we're kind of hit this little low spot before it jogs way up. So I guess sort of a saddle on this ridge and Devin hits the dirt. He's like, dude, there's a deer down here. Let me look. And it's like a little spike or something like that. And I'm like, Let's, should we hang out for a minute and see if there's a bigger deer with it? And down in these jack pines, we see another deer and um, he gets a spotter. He's like, oh shit, dude, it's a pretty good buck. So we kind of like, you know, take our time and look at him. He's probably like mid high seventies buck, Devin. Oh shit, dude, for sure, dude. Yeah, mid high one seventies. So I'm like, this is fantastic because this bucks half the distance of that other deer, and uh, I'm already feeling like a little yeah, like, stayed, we're up I here. I stayed back. Yeah. So um, I was watching. I was watching that other, that other buck. So, yeah, so basically we wait and just see what these deer do, and you end up meeting up with us, and we get up on this high point just above them. I'll actually uh, I'm sh- I'll show Austin some pictures. This is not going to be a video podcast for everybody uh, listening. This is up. Uh, this is us glassing that buck. Okay. So we're up high watching him. I mean, you can see, like, how high we're Oh, yeah. So uh, we he beds down, we think, because we lost him, but we didn't see him leave, and we end up making a game plan. For me to go down this ditch, and you guys are going to stand up and freaking hand signal me from a mile away, and uh, which I could barely see you guys. But you know, we kind of had a good game plan going, and uh, we took pictures of it while we were up there, so I could reference while I was down in it. And um, so I go down what I call the ditch, which in photos bums me out because it does not look near as steep as what it actually was. Um, they never, they never do. It it basically was straight up and fucking down, and uh, <laughs> basically uh, we picked out this little trail that leads dude, into these. Can I can I interrupt for a minute? Yeah. So, dude, I just remember, like, you looking down that drainage because we went over there together, and you look down at that drainage, you're like, holy shit, dude, that is, that is steep. It's rocky, and this is like a drainage, dude. This is like super rocky drainage steep and dude you just like was like okay dude i'm going down you kind of like made the little the little bend around and said okay dude i'll take my shoes off here my anyway i'll, I'll let you keep going so yeah i get down this ditch and we had this you could see from up high when we glassed it and we took pictures of it so i could reference as i'm going this trail right here that leads into this pocket of pines okay well what it was in that pocket of pines was a bed spot like that they had kind of flattened out with their feet. So what I did, I went down this ditch, crawled up that trail. So I get, as I'm still in the ditch, I take my boots off and put my moccasins on and leave my pack behind. I crawl up in this pocket and I can, I'm looking out the other side of this uh, pocket of pines down into the bottom. And I can see the big buck just laying out like a dog with the sun beating on him. As I'm watching him, he gets up and heads down into the jack pines and i there's the little buck i can see i could have shot the little buck at 60 yards he walks through into a pocket and then i can see and i'm sitting there watching i'm trying not to be exposed i'm in and out of my little natural ground blind because it's like you know and i have a photo of it, it doesn't look that big but it's actually like eight foot radius in there so okay. fairly large and i can see the big bucks the top of his back and the top of his tines as he's coming in to the bottom of these jack pines so i'm on the edge of these big pines looking down right here in the bottom of these jack pines. And I can see the small buck and I can see the big buck working from right to left. 
and I'm ranging it 55, 56, 57, 60 yards. So I'm like, okay, if I'm in between that 55 and 60 yard mark, I'll be money. Yep. I, I see him moving from right to left. I, at this point, I'm sitting there. I have my sight dialed. I have my, my, um, my release on my D loop and I'm putting tension while sitting, waiting for him to come open. And I can like four more steps. I'm putting tension, getting ready to draw, getting ready to draw as I'm getting ready to draw wind swirls and he blows out. Like when I say four more steps, I'm not exaggerating four more steps. I would have smoked him at like 55 yards. And I'm talking mid high seventies buck with kickers and shit. And so is this like typical mountain shit? Are the thermals coming up or down or is it just so light of a breeze that they're just kind of floating around and doing whatever? We waited long enough that I believe the thermals were going up, but I'm wondering if the breeze got light. Like you're saying, that's the only thing I can think of because it was perfect the whole way. It got cloudy at that one point. And with that sun heating it up, the second cloud cover comes in, that will immediately change thermals because those thermals, those thermals, are all being directed by the temperature and the sun. So as that sun heats things up, it's rising it. But the second cloud cover comes in and it cools off, and it drops back down. Outside, you're dropping back down, and now you're fighting directionals uh, the directionals are going to take over more so than what the thermals are so if those directionals are not blowing in your favor your thermals sure as hell aren't going to be in your favor now with that cloud cover i think that's honestly what got us because it was pretty sunny there for a minute yeah that's and true it got cloudy and i it, but i mean in that moment you can't predict what your cloud cover is going to be like in 25 minutes so i mean like well, you know that, yeah, that every, was just bad every, luck of the draw every time a cloud rolls in you can't back out and change your game plan you know like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you're no, down in the depths yeah. of hell yeah you're not crawling out so yeah. that happened and you know i was bummed but i'm also like ah, it's a first stock of the first morning of the first day yeah and i didn't realize like how much energy that pulled out of me until after the stock because i feel like my like primal <laughs> instinct of a hunter all just died <laughs> off like the ugh. and then i was like reality now i gotta crawl out of this fucking shithole <laughs> so uh i, I have and a then video you learned real quick <laughs> well, i'm crawling out and i can tell you guys are watching me and i'm like wow this does not feel nearest i mean it felt steep going down but i guess i was more focused on getting to the bottom quietly um i do have a video on my phone of this uh ditch i'll have to show austin afterwards but um yeah coming back out of it i i you know i'm taking my time i get up to the top and then i'm just gassed like no energy um just was hurting bad and i i kind of got to the top and was feeling daddy needs a bottle of that creamer (laughs) daddy needs some french vanilla creamer and i was uh i was like on the verge of you know when you just stand up really fast you kind of have that blotchy feeling in your eyesight that's how i was feeling yeah and i just that was probably because of lack lack of air and Devin pushed on and clint um was the homie he's like hey dude i didn't leave you a shitty tent I'm going to come back and meet you. <laughs> <laughs> what a dude. <laughs> so we're sitting there and we're like, you know, we're both Kirk's like, ah, it's the first stock, you know, it's fine. It, it, you know, Deb and I are just like, we're fucking devastated because I mean, we know 
Like, that was a great play. I mean, if it wasn't for... You guys probably I thought it was going to come together, honestly, because I, I oh, thought it was going to come together. Dude, I mean, when you get a buck in a spot like that and you get within 70, 80 yards and you're within, like, 60 yards, I mean, your chances of, you know, making it happen and getting a shot opportunity when you're in like that, I mean, they're good. I mean, the hardest part is to get within 100. You get down in that 60, 70, I mean, you're in the wheelhouse then. So... And I still, I still blame it on that cloud cover. I mean, I truly think if that does not happen, I don't think your thermal switch. I think you get to kill that buck at 55 yards, or you're at least getting a good shot opportunity. I mean, then it all just comes down to making a shot. But and, and may oh, I add that a, a mule deer at 55 yards away, a shot for this trip would have been like killing them at 15 yards with a whitetail. Yeah. Like I was like, right. it's a gimme almost, yeah. you know, it's, it never is, but it felt that way. You got to be solid at 80 yeah. yards when you go out there and play that game. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like it, this country's so big. I learned quick. Like after that stock, I crawl out of that hole. Clint meets me over and I was like, add 50 inches to any fucking deer I kill up here because this is way harder than anything <laughs> I've ever done. Like this, that first, <laughs> that first one, I'm like high country, anything gets 50 inch credit. <laughs> like it, I just felt that way. You know, like if, if whitetails lived up here, I'd kill a 110 inch whitetail every time because it just, it's, it'd be a coos deer, you know, like, Hey, and kudos to the coos deer guy hey, getting well, it done out there. No shit. I get it now. So, uh, Clint meets me and he's kind of leading on the way back to Devin, and I'm like, dude, every 10 feet, I'm gassed. 10 feet have to stop. 10 feet have to stop. 10 feet have to stop. Well, we finally meet up with Devin, and I'm just like, I'm starting to feel scared that I'm like failing in front of these guys because this sucks so much energy out of me. I can't breathe. Um, just mentally, I'm feeling like deflated. Um, I basically, I try to drink some caffeine at this point, it's just not helping me. I didn't at that point. I didn't really feel like eating. Like I'm trying to force food down. It's not feeling good, and I fall asleep for I don't know. I mean, to me, it didn't seem that long, but I think you guys said a couple hours, or maybe it wasn't even that long. Um, I don't know. No, no, it wasn't that long because we glassed those couple phases and then kind of put a plan together. I mean, it might have been maybe an hour or something, but I mean, honestly, like that was good though. I mean, you needed that just to kind of. Get you know, get recovered. I mean, you know, when you were going down that that drainage, I mean, we both said coming back out of there was going to be a bitch. I mean, there was just you know, I mean, like that would have sucked for Devin and I. And I mean, we've you know done stocks like that hundreds of times, so it's like that's you know, I mean, it still would have sucked. But for you, that's never been out there in the elevation, like first stock. I mean straight down straight up like oh yeah i mean and especially after the adrenaline left of like actually going on the stock now you're just like shit i'm coming back up but it was good though it was good because i mean like it uh i think it prepared you for what was to come like after that it stock did. you kind of come up with like your own philosophy of like hey like you know i need to not try to keep up with you guys and just kind of go at my own pace. Like, I mean, like, I think you like, you started to figure out what was going to work for you, and that was important for later on. Because, I mean, that that kind of set your tone for, all right, here's what I got to do to be successful out here. Like, I'm going to have to do it my own way. And, I mean, for anybody that goes out on one of these hunts, if you go with someone that's done it or, or lives out there or whatever, like, don't even think – 
for a second, you're going to come from Pennsylvania or Ohio or Illinois, Iowa, and go keep up with like Devin. It's just you're not. Yeah, yeah. You can I mean, be you can like, be in good physical shape if your lungs aren't yeah, used to that. You're, right. It doesn't matter. Right, right. And I mean, I've got ten years of doing this, and I mean, it's taken me a long time to be able to to like per, per se keep up with like Devin. And we're talking six, seven, eight hunts in, in the high country a year that I'm doing, and it's still. You know, there's times where it's like, I'm like, God dang, like, no, fuck, no lie. You know, if mean, I could take a performance enhancing drug and shoot it into my ass for the next time I do one of these hunts where I wouldn't have any effect <laughs> elevation, I'd fucking do it all day. And I have no shame in that game. Give me that needle. Hey, watch me stick one, that. Let me know, dude, because I'll do the same. Dude, I'll be, no, I'll be, shit. dude, I'll be chugging French vanilla creamer and jabbing performance enhancing drug needles <laughs> into my thighs. Shoot it up, boys. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never, what's your athletic commission going to test me fuck you you have an asterisk next to your name in the record book yeah it's like performance <laughs> estrogen I, I just test positive for estrogen blockers and that's it <laughs> Kurt was actually just taking estrogen and a low grade yeah. beaver tranquilizer <laughs> it's like dude he had tits and beaver tranquilizer I don't know what was going on with this guy no wonder he was wore out uh, it was like it was just funny because like when I'm heading over to that stop, I wanted to catch up with you guys, so I like packed up my stuff and I'm like jogging over to you. And I remember at one point you like turn around and you're like, I'm like right behind you. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, what? You're like, did you just jog over here? I, I was watch, like, like, I, I, you're I'm like, not kidding. Like, <laughs> so I watch Clint. This is when I realized Clint is truly like everything he is. Like whatever you hear of Clint on a podcast, it's not. It's fucking actually doesn't really do it justice. That energy gets put to the pavement. It gets put saying. to the pavement, and like, and, and <laughs> oh, then some. Oh, oh. <laughs> because I'm sitting there, I look over and I see Clint sprinting down the ridge line. I'm like, how is that dude sprinting up here? Like, I, you know what I mean? I can't open my pack without fucking breathing heavy, and Clint is sprinting. So I'm like, it's just different up here, man. I'm just, it's different. Clint, Clint's just different. So <laughs> I, I'm just realizing a shit ton during this whole, this, the first day is like an eye opener for a lot of things, you know? And so we get over, I do my bitch nap. And then basically we decide like, all right, let's go back to camp. This is midday. Now uh, we actually yep. re relaxed, took a nap, um, drank water. Um, I took a shit trying to just get everything out. Like, it's hard to explain, but I just felt like <laughs> I had to force a poop every time I did anything because I was I didn't want any yeah. element of anything pulling on how I felt. And which is weird to say, like that might seem like this random thing, but now I realize I'm up here and I have to figure some shit out. Like I have to push through the suck a little bit here and, and get going. So uh we nap oh, yeah. up, we nap up, kind of get everything going on, we glass a little longer, and then we make a game plan. We're watching this ridge, which is the big ridge line above the saddle, which is the saddle that Devin mentioned earlier in the podcast. Okay. And then there's this peak um, that's up above the saddle. I'm trying to find a photo for reference here. Uh, I was hell bent on we got to go to that peak. I wanted to see over that backside so freaking bad, dude. Well, that's so. This is the um, all right. I got a video here for Austin. This is the peak. That's them guys on top of the peak. Okay. So, I, and this video doesn't do justice. Like, 
that video doesn't make it look how high it is. When you're looking at that peak, you're looking at that peak. Yeah. And we're already at 10-4, and you're looking up at this peak. You're that's, looking up and out. That's some serious elevation when you're messing around at 10,000 plus. It was ser- It was the highest I've ever been. Yep. And like it, the feeling for a Midwesterner, it was a feeling when you look down like towards the bottom of the mountain, it was the feeling of you're going to fall, but it would be possible to fall off it. It was a very strange feeling. Almost like the feeling of being like up in a skyscraper looking down, but you know, and you can't fall out of it. Yeah. It was similar to that feeling. Um, so what we did was it was like, okay, Kurt, you're, uh, you're this, you're being affected by elevation. Clearly we in, we had service up there. So like Clint talks to his old lady, who's like a medical, whatever. I don't know exactly what her title is, Clint, but she was like, yeah, he basically has like early onset freaking elevation sickness. So Make sure he just drinks a shit ton of water and takes it easy for the night. And what's what we did, which was a smart play. And uh, they went up there and scouted. So I scouted the mountain face. They scouted on top of the same mountain face I was scouting where we've seen all the deer before. So we're, we, I was watching bucks go in over the saddle. I was taking pictures with my phone and noting them and marking photos. And they we're watching the deer cross in certain spots and doing the same thing on the other side okay. of the saddle. Okay. And they saw other bucks on the other side of the saddle. So we were gaining intel from multiple angles now. So it was actually like the perfect recipe uh, as far as me getting my shit back together and them taking you know their experience and putting it up high where it needed to be. So it was kind of like the, the perfect storm of finding bucks from bed, getting them moved up, what time they're getting up. Like we're noting everything. Like we knew five 30, those deer were up and we're starting to make their moves. Um, so it worked beautifully. I really think, don't you think guys like the way we kind of orchestrated the, the scouting mission for the first day of hunting. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean that, I mean, we just had to be smart about it. I mean, I know you wanted to, push harder and go more that first evening. But I mean, it was one of those deals where like up there, <clears throat> you've got to put your health and safety first and kind of like your balls second, as far as like, you're, you know, you can, <laughs> you can kind of like play the, Oh no, I'll be fine on a badass card. But like realistically when that shit hits and it sets in, you, you kinda, it, it'll take you right back down to like reality of like, you know what? If I really push it right now, I could put myself in the red zone, and the red zone is a danger zone. Like, you don't want to get dehydrated up there. You sure as hell don't want the altitude sickness to actually set in up there. Um, you know, we're six, seven miles from down at the bottom where, you know, where, where, like, the road systems are. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, like, not a good place to redline. I mean, you don't ever want to redline, but you sure as hell don't want to redline at 10,500 feet six, seven miles from a road system. Well, that's, that's what so, was I mean, scary you know, about it. Honestly, it was like a wake up call. It's like, I have to rest yeah. where if like, if I would have been at oh, home, yeah. I'd have been like, I'm fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, yeah. like yeah. kind of when you were talking about going to Alaska, a little more extreme, I may, I may, yeah, to a different extreme. It was like every, what would you call it? Every, every action has a consequence. Every, every action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was kind of yeah. that, you know, cause we were up there and, and the last thing I wanted to do was call the hunt. Cause I had to go back down. Cause I know for goddamn, I wasn't coming back up. Well, especially on day one, you know, you don't want to get in there in day one and just go too hard and ruin the rest of the hunt. So that, that's you, you another factor. Up. So, um, those guys go up top and, um, uh, 
for Austin Studio. This is them guys at the top. Damn, that's a shot right there. That is so cool. Yeah, it was a it was a great night. I mean, you know, we we kind of orchestrated like the perfect storm as far as we're on the backside. Kurt's looking at the original face. We're on the backside of that face. You know, we're watching deer cross over that saddle. We're kind of getting a game plan put together for the next day, and we're like, okay, you know, Devin and I's talking the whole way back down to camp that night, and we're just like, all right, you know, in morning, probably better off to just hunt from camp, and we're going to pretty much put all of our eggs in the evening basket as far as we're going to let Kurt start mid-afternoon. He can take his time. I was going to go up with him. We're going to go up to the top of that spine, get up on top of that ridge, get on the backside where the saddle is. Devin was going to glass up and over from camp, and we were going to yeah. basically just going to switch roles the next evening and hope that those bucks did what they did the first night on the second night, and hopefully Kurt would be able to capitalize on kind of what we had done our homework on. And, I mean, honestly, it's exactly how it plays out. Yeah, so um, so we're so now we're to day two. Yep. Day Devin, two. Devin, are two. you still there? I'm still here, buddy. All right, just yeah, make day sure. two, dude. <laughs> day two in the saddle. Day two, we get up. <laughs> we get. We actually have coffee with cream. A lot of cream. Yep. In the yeah, glass spot. And uh, by the yep. way, I had oatmeal and I put some of that French vanilla creamer due to Devin's recommendation in it. Uh, game changer. Game changer. <laughs> So uh, that honestly, like a lot of that, th- that might seem like stuff that's unimportant, but that actually helped a lot with my morale. Guy knows what he's doing. He knew what he was doing, bringing that creamer. That creamer dude, may have a, been the turning point. It's a dude, comfort for like, Dude, I feel like killing a buck and hunting and all that. Dude, that's fun. But dude, the morale with the coffee. That's big. Dude, that's what my dad taught me, yeah. dude. The coffee's good, dude. Very important. Especially when Very you're important. like 10,000 feet. Coffee's good. Dude, and, and so... <laughs> Uh, let me kind of bring everybody to where the mindset is like that. Devin saying that, like, you know, that morale, this is September 2nd. My dad's birthday yeah. is September 3rd. My dad passed away in April. My birthday, is September 6th. This, this really what it boils down to was like uh, a honorable slash tribute hunt to my memorial. dad, to, yeah. to my dad, a memorial hunt. And so yep. I, I'm not going to lie. Like I knew going to bed, that I was going to have to go up that ridge and I was scared to death. Like, um, other pull-ups, I don't know. Um, anyway, I did videos of myself basically. So dude, let me say this, dude. I remember Clint saying, Hey Devin, let's, let's go up to that. Let's go up to the ridge. I'm like, dude, I don't know if I really want to go up there. He's like, dude, let's just do it. I'm like, okay, yep. let's go for it. So, so badass, man. So for everybody that's listening, like what Kurt is saying is for real. Like, I didn't even want to go up there. I'm like, damn, dude, that's that's a big oh, cliff that you climb up. Yeah. And it, then you gotta go, and then and then you gotta go to the go to the peak. You gotta climb back down, and then in order to, to spot the deer, you have to climb down, and then to go back to camp, you gotta climb up and then go back down. So this is like. Yeah, dude, that that was legit. But yeah, that's a big peak. That's a lot of work. So I'm showing that I'm showing Austin the picture. Like, this is the ridge. 
And by the way, this is not doing it just how steep it is. Like, this is look, steep. That doesn't look like fun even in the picture. This is insane. <laughs> this is fucking insane. You hit this, and I'm like, I would probably die somewhere in here. <laughs> I would have died about here. And somebody <laughs> will find my bones in 100 years. So, um, but yeah, to me, when I looked at it, I was like, there's no way anybody would even walk up there. Um, so I, I wake up the next day knowing I have to go up there. Like, in my head, I know for me to get a good, good, good opportunity of killing a deer and being successful, I have to go up there. And if I wouldn't have been like sick the way I was after that first stock, I wouldn't be as concerned. But I was like genuinely concerned. I was like, I don't know if I can make it. And for me to like not be able to make it somewhere or like not commit to something is like not a thing it's that happens in my life. Yeah. It's very foreign to me. Like, so I think I was having a harder time with it because I was like truly doubting myself if I could do it. Um, so we go to our glass spot, we have coffee, I eat breakfast, I drink water, I do everything I wish I would have done the day before. And, and I, I gotta say that's the big issue the first day. And I, and I basically just beat myself up mentally. Well, Devin ran down and spotted, uh, went and, um, glass some other spots. Clint and I stayed there and kind of bullshitted. Well, we saw a buck cross the saddle on the ridge we were glassing from. Um, and this book was freshly shed out of velvet. So his rack was just like, it looks like somebody spray painted it red. Nice. Like just with yeah, blood. Bright red. And they That's crossed my this. Kind of buck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Devin hates velvet. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, the, only, the only guy out there that absolutely despises velvet. <laughs> so I hate it. The whole trip, Devin's like, if you shoot a buck in velvet when you're not looking, I'm going to strip all the velvet <laughs> off of it. So I thought it was kind of funny. Hate it. So. We're sitting there, and I'm like, damn, that buck just crossed that saddle. I wonder if, uh, and Clint's like, you need to fuck go right goddamn now. And I'm like, right now? I'm like, okay, I grab my bow, and I fucking sprint down there. And I, I'm not kidding. I was a minute late because that buck went back over the saddle and then back over it again. If I would have been there two minutes earlier, mm. I mean, how are you going to know he's going to do that? But, right. Um, but it was close. Like, it was it was a... Oh yeah, was, it was it was it was a good play. I mean, we were yeah, it's a valued like said, effort. One minute away. Oh yeah, yep. And you know, I could have been forty yards or whatever. So then I walk back and I get back to camp and I'm like, all right, I'm not dead because that the, the first day that would have killed me because I I ran I sprinted yeah. over there and it wasn't real close. I mean, um, you had that creamer up in you, dude. What's up, that French vanilla? <laughs> uh, so I get back and. Uh, Devin gets back to camp and we're kind of making a play. And I'm like, all right. So I'm honestly like psyching myself out a little bit about going up this ridge line. And the weather's looking shitty. Like we're getting um, this photo here that I'm showing Austin. There's a big wall of cloud coming in. The the wind is doing different things. It's just kind of getting spooky up there. Um, and we end up actually taking cover in the tent for, I don't know, how long? 45 minutes probably in that storm. Oh, yeah, it's probably pushing an hour easy. And I remember Devin. So Devin's tent, my tent was on the end right here, and Clint's was on the other side of Devin's. Devin's is between us. And I hear Devin, if your hair starts standing up on your neck, we gotta go. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> already there. And for me, I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? He's like, because lightning's hitting. <laughs> if the hair starts standing up, we gotta dive off this mountain. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is some shit I don't have to worry about anywhere else. <laughs> so I was, like, I always hear Clint telling these stories, like, I'm not scared of anything else but lightning. All of a sudden, I'm like, 
I'm not scared of anything else right now, but lightning. So I'm like, well, dude, I'm going to turn it into freaking Kentucky fried chicken up here in the mountains of Wyoming by getting fried by lightning, you know? Uh, turns out it didn't happen, but I was like... Dude, watching those storms roll in across the mountains, that, that cloud of rain, I still remember that from when I was out in Utah. I mean, it's beautiful to watch it come across It's beautiful, there, but, it's, but it's scary. It's reality. Shit. Yeah. Because I remember like... I mean, you can see in this photo where we're at. I'm like, there's nowhere to go. Yep. All our stuff, if this is a bad storm, it rips this tent out, and all our shit's just soaked. Yep. So we made it out. It kind of clears up, and I basically, though, we get back to our glass spot, and I told those guys, all right, let me go first. Let me set the pace. And I'm not kidding, dude. I have videos on my phone of me. Um, I'm like kind of documenting it because I wanted to remember it. And uh, maybe I'll do something with it at the end. Maybe I'll make like a like a rough YouTube clip, and then if you guys know know about the clip through this podcast, it'll make sense to you. But I'm not gonna explain it to people who didn't listen to the podcast, yeah. you know. So maybe that's something I'll do after if you guys want. But I'm kind of like I gotta go up that. I'm scared to death, and I'm not kidding. I started going by myself, and Clint didn't even because Devin's gonna stay back. Clint was like, just let me do my thing for a while and get up it. And I'm not going to lie, the whole time I'm like, do it for your dad, do it for your dad, do it for your... Like, that's how psyched out I was. So uh, the whole time I'm just like, do it for your dad, do it for your dad, you got this, don't be a bitch, like, you're fine. And I, I was good. Like, I went up my own pace, I get to the top, Clinton catches up to me, and I'm like, dude, I feel good. Like, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm okay, you know? Like, I'm not having yesterday's scenario. Um, did you feel that way, Clint, like, when you caught up to me? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, hell, we were, you were three-fourths the way up whenever I caught you, and, I mean, I was kind of, ner- not nervous, but I was like, man, when I get to him, like, I hope he's looking, you know, better than yesterday, and just, like, feels good, and, like, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, I just got to be as positive about the scenario as I can be if you're not in good shape, but at the same time, as I'm going up there, I'm thinking all right, Clint, like, you got to be smart here, too. Like, if he looks like altitude sickness is setting in again, like, you can't go to the top. I mean, I I already had myself prepared. Like, if that shit set in and it was taking you over again, I was going to call him and be like, hey, man, we got to go back down. Like, I mean, like, there was no way I was going to let you go up. And, I mean, some people listening to this are going to be like, really? Like, you'd you'd literally call him off three-fourths the way up. Like, for those who have never had it or seen somebody with it, I mean, it's the real deal. Like, you get altitude sickness, you got to drop now. I mean, like, it's – I mean, when your blood oxygen level starts dropping, I mean, like, your body can shut down in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I mean, it's nothing to fuck with. But when I got to you, I mean, you looked great, sounded great, like – you were super positive. Like, I mean, you, like I could tell you were proud of yourself because like you said, I mean, you were, I, I remember telling Devin, I was like, man, I hope he sleeps tonight. Cause I could just tell the, the night before you were like psyching yourself out. Like you did not want to have to go up that thing as steep as it was and just knowing how you felt, but you knew you had to, to give yourself a good opportunity. So like I knew that was going to be a mental hurdle. Yeah, and it sure. was bad. It was it was badass to see you jump over that hurdle and come over the other side and 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 be like in good spirits, in good health. And you're like, fuck yeah, man! Like we're almost to the top. Like I remember catching up to you, and you're like, dude, we're fucking almost to the top. I'm like, yeah, we are. I mean, we got 200 yards to go. Like the hard part's over. 
We're damn near there. And then we hit the shit storm. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, I legit like I felt like I had accomplished a, a mission like for real sounds oh, yeah. corny for oh, people yeah. who weren't there who never been up that high and this isn't 13 14 thousand feet like this is high for me you know like we're pushing that brink of 11 around here that's the highest I've ever yeah. been for me I consider that to be very extreme now you're, you're gonna feel 11,000 that's getting up there I felt it yeah <laughs> I felt it hard but oh, yeah when I got oh, yeah. up to that point yeah like Clint's right like I felt I was very proud of myself like I felt like yeah. I already accomplished a mission I knew I had a fighting chance but you know I felt good dude like I was it's hard to explain you get emotional when you put yourself through some shit like that like I was really doubting myself and I wouldn't have doubted myself that way if it wouldn't have been from the experience the day before you know yep um so we get up and there dude and dude that, ahead, that's what makes like high country mule deer hunting so much like so fun and cool it's like you yeah. feel that experience yeah like you yep. you push yourself through it and do like we we might have put too much pressure on it like but did you like like you hammered through it you, you hammered through it dude I don't feel like you put like too much pressure makes, on it, but I feel like we just strive to be successful as as hunters, you know, in general, like successful hunters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, we get Clint gets up there with me, and I'm feeling I'm positive vibe, and then the weather starts doing funky shit, like it was earlier, and then we start getting hit with like light hail and rain, and we're like, it luckily went up early enough because we were expecting me to have a lot much harder time. So me and Clint are just talking about life up there, like taking cover in these little shitty pine trees, you know, <laughs> and just kind of like, I mean, really, it was what we did. We just talked about life while we're getting hailed on getting it. pinged in the head. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Pinged in the head near near 11,000 feet. And then we get a break. We get up to the top of the peak and then we go down the saddle. And I, dude, I'm not going to lie. I felt like I was on Mars. Like I had never been up that high. I'd never seen where you get up to a point where trees aren't growing because it's like they can't. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. I'm trying to find this photo. I have it all on my phone. I, I thought I uploaded them into our account here. Um, like shit. There's like, a really good one of, of all that, all that big red rock band that was way off to like, it would have been like the Southeast. Yeah. Yeah. Try to find, try to find one of those to show, uh, show Austin. I'll, I, I'll make sure I'm going to, I'm going to post like 10 photos from the hunt. This week, like I'm like after this podcast goes out, I'm gonna I'm gonna put like together a deal and like I'm gonna try to post some of that of like yeah. up there because that was some of the coolest stuff. That I, I mean, me and Devin both were like that. Like we were both pumped. We went up there that night just to look at that. Even if we wouldn't have seen a deer, I still would have been like, man, that was worth it. Like that was such pretty cool country up there, dude. It, it's it, just the best way to explain it. It's like it's almost like pockets of oasis for animals to just get very large, like. Those yeah. animals could live in there when it's green and eat up in there and never leave during the summer yeah. months and just grow. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. was cool, man. Like, you know, when I'm up there, I was taking it in and I had service up there. So I was like sending Snapchats and some of it and I'm getting snapped. It's the only like, communication we have when you're up that high and I'm getting Snapchats from like the Buckstorm boys are like, damn, you're up there. Like, I don't know if I've ever been that high, you know, like they're getting sending me that stuff. So we get up there, we get up, and I'm kind of taking it in. We get to the glassing point, and then we're overlooking the saddle, which is the same saddle that Devin mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. And Devin took a picture of the saddle the night before, and he put X's on the saddle where the deer were coming across. Well, where the saddle cuts over, it's like this crazy steep hill that doesn't look near steep until you freaking get up 
to the bottom of it. So um, there's the saddle okay. where all the deer dived over, dove over, and then the spot where I needed to be. Well, as we're up there, the food plot. The food plot. <laughs> so Devin's back at the main glassing point watching for the deer that I saw that was basically seeing the night before for while Devin and Clint were on top. Now I'm on top with Clint. The wind, the wind is kind of 180 from what it was doing. We saw bucks cross over the saddle earlier in the day, which is different from what they did because they normally got up at 5:30. Then by a little after six, they're going through the saddle, and so we kind of had an idea of what they would do roughly, you know. And uh, so Clint stays up on the glassing's point. But what we did was when we look at this grassy hill, we called the certain spot that came down the Rocky Ridge. Okay. So the Rocky Ridge is kind of just a cut into the steep mountain face that has uh, like a ridge, a drop off, a ridge, a drop off, and then it's just a steep ass mountain again. Well, inside the Rocky Ridge, it was like this, um, it made like this big round area up to the peak of the mountain. And this is what we called the food plot. Okay. So we call it the food plot just because it was like this. It was green and sort of isolated inside the Rocky Ridge. So it was like this round area at the top of this mountain. Hard to explain um, for you guys listening, I know, but um, you just kind of had to follow us here. It's hard to explain. You got to use your imagination a little bit. So I'm sitting above this hill in here, and it's all like pine needling and everything like that. So what I do, we're expecting the bucks to cross this saddle and to feed sideways or up and down this um this face gotcha which is what's going on in this spotting scope okay um picture here so uh where's my photo where's my photo so i'm on top of this hill clint's up glassing i barely have service we're kind of like texting back and forth like hey you see anything no have you seen anything and i kept texting Devin because i'm like hey it's 5 30 are those bucks getting up and he's like i don't see any deer and i'm like what the fuck? Like I would get all the way over here and I'm feeling good and there's no deer. So, and I, I have my moccasins on um, because I knew if I had to move around to shoot down this hill, I could kind of bounce around and see. So I, I kind of got to the point where 40 yards when the bucks would cross the saddle, I could get a shot at them because they'd cross the saddle and then hit this hillside yep. at, through this pocket. And um, so the time comes along 530. Devin hasn't seen anything. Clint's texting me, hey, I got nothing up here in glass. And I barely have service. Like, it's barely sending texts, like one bar, you know. So I'm like, fuck, what do I do? Well, I get a text from Clint, very vague. And I can't even really see Clint on here uh, from where I, I actually I can't in certain spots where I am because the way it's angled. How far is he from you? Uh, Clint, from where I sat initially, where were you think you were at from that glass spot? I'd say... Um. I mean, a straight line from where I was down to you, a couple hundred yards. Like 300 yards, probably. It. Yeah. No, dude, that, that was a lot further than 300, dude. No, no, no. I'm saying from a straight uh, a straight line over from to actually walk it. Oh, yeah, to walk it, it was probably. Yeah, it was it was a pretty, pretty good poke to walk. But straight line, like shoot a gun from me to you, a couple hundred yards. I'd say further, honestly. I'd say 300 minimum. Okay. I don't know. It's deceiving out there because it's such big country, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, I think I, it, it was a long shot either way. Yeah, so 
I'm texting Devin. Any deer? Nope, nope. So I don't know what Devin's thinking over there watching and not because you didn't see a deer, right? Dude, I'm thinking, shit, where are these deer at? Because <laughs> for the last two days, dude, they've been going over the saddle. They've been bedding on that yep. north face. And then they go up and over. They go feed on the other face. And, and dude, it was like clockwork. And, and for this day, dude, it was like, it was super windy where I was at. I don't know how it was where you guys were at, but like it's where miserable. I'm at, it's like super windy. I'm thinking, well, they might not come out. But what was interesting is, like, the deer that we'd seen earlier, like, they were bedded on that face. But then I think they went up and over that ridge. But, dude, they were nowhere to be found. 536, no deer. I I can still remember, like, Kurt being like, dude, where's the deer at? I'm like, dude, I have no idea, bro. Like, I know you hiked <laughs> well, yeah, all the way over there, but. I called you. I called you at like 6.30. I had a little bit of service, and you answered, and we were both like, shit, if we had him go clear up here, do this death hike, and we don't have one deer come through this saddle for him to even have an opportunity at, like, we're both like, shit. Well, dude, (laughs) even for me, dude, like, I mean, the hike that Kurt did was more than obviously what I did because I was basically at camp. Right. Like, a bigger hike than what you did. And it's like, holy shit, dude, he's going to have to hike way back up to the peak. Yep. Come back to camp. And, dude, and like, Kurt's going to be exhausted. Clint's going to be exhausted. But anyway, dude, long story short, there's no deer to be found until, like, what, 6.45, 7 o'clock? It, 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 was, it was pushing that, and I'm down below me. Lo and behold, here comes this group of four bucks feeding out from the rocks below me, which we hadn't seen any deer do that. And I think they went and tucked up underneath there because of that wind to get out of that wind. And lo and behold, it's game on. So I get this half-assed text from Clint that says, hey, there's four bucks below, get in the food plot towards the Rocky Ridge, below the Rocky Ridge. Or it was kind of like, I can't even, I'm drawing a blank a little bit. It was like, get inside the Rocky Ridge is pretty much what it said. So I'm like, in my moccasins, I leave my pack, everything behind Cause and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, these deer are right underneath me. So I'm like peeking over the edge where I'm sitting and can't see them, nor would I ever have seen them. So I get around over here to the rocky ridge. I'm crawling through and I'm slipping. And I wish in this one photo I have, it showed how steep some of those rocky ridge, uh, cliff, like little cliffs were. Cause I was inside them and I was slipping in leather mocks and I was scared. Like it was. Uh, it was very scary. Like I don't, I, I was, I was going to slip and fall. I thought, so I'm like, if I slip and fall, this hunt's over. The deer are gone. I got no chance of getting fucked the back, the fuck back out of here. Um, but I'm kind of was like in adrenaline mode. So I kind of get down to the Rocky Ridge and I look down and I can see the bucks, but I can see the, the back two more clearly. And I can see, I look up, I can see Clint way, 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 way up on that uh, peak, which I'm even further away now and a little lower. So I get in there and I'm like, I can't get any closer than this. Like I'm, I, I could not get any closer. If I went any closer, I would have slid off the Rocky Ridge. One probably could have got hurt and uh, definitely would have spooked all the deer and like rocks are falling and shit. And the bucks are like, kind of like, 
what's going on up there, you know? But not not like on to me. They didn't see me, but they were like... They're just dodging rocks as they're falling down. <laughs> you could kind of just tell that they were like, what? I could hear something up there, you know? But but it wasn't like they went back to feeding. It wasn't like they were like death comp five alert. I just saw one butt like lift his head like, oh, there's, there's Kurt. He's an idiot, you know? Like, so... Uh, I'll tell you yeah, what, the this, what the fuck's this guy doing? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'll tell you, I get in this rocky ridge part, which is funny that we named it that and everything. So I get in this rocky ridge part, and I have this feeling of uh, like, all right, let me let me kind of just like put you guys from my mindset. In my head, this feels like the last day of the hunt, and you know, I shot my dad's theme color arrow, like orange fletching, red lighted knock. I have Papa Dave, Clyde, and Dad written on every fletching. And this is a day before his birthday. And I almost feel like I did this hike. Like, I don't know if I have another day in me. Like, that's how brutal it was, man. Like, it just It's just the way it was. And you can call me whatever you want, but I don't care. It's like I experienced it, you know. So um, I get to a point where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get much closer. And I just have, like, Clint in my mental state. Like, you can do this type of thing like you know everybody that listens to podcast and clint screams at you he's in your ear screaming that's exactly what was happening <laughs> to me <laughs> like i'm not kidding like that's how it felt so i get to a point and i and i'll tell you i'll be brutally honest i'm not going to talk about how far the shot was because you guys don't know how i practice for this hunt and i'll tell and, and i just don't feel like dealing with the 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 sad sad people who don't put in the practice but will hate on people that do you know what i mean I'm over that shit, especially like yeah. signing with juries. You got all these people yeah. like saying we're not working class. You know, shut the fuck up. Like you, if you put in the work, you can accomplish well, anything. You you wouldn't pull the bow back if you didn't think you could make the shot for one. For sure. And, and if you guys go back to some of the spring hunts, I knew I drew this tag. I you can quote me. I'm going to be shooting my bow like I'm training for a fight. Yeah. And that's what I fucking did. And if you want to argue me with it, Hell fuck yeah. fuck you. So. I draw back and it's a far shot and I just feel good. Like it, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It just felt good. Like straight up, you know, when you like release an arrow and you're just like money or you release like a basketball shot and you're like, you know, like, uh, like on Chappelle when he's Kobe. like good Kobe, <laughs> Kobe, <laughs> but you know, when he's like Prince, playing basketball and he's yeah. like, he had like yeah. an aura Blouses. and he's like every throw he shot good. 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 <laughs> Good. Like I had I had Prince confidence going into the shot, you know what I mean? And and I just had like the pressure of the situation of like doing it for my old man and pulling it through for Clinton Devin. So I get it full draw and my release feels really, really long. I shoot a Scott Hex and it just felt abnormally long. Like it was taking too much pressure for what I was used to. And let me add, I'm shooting down a mountain. Like my back is my like my kidney area is up against the rock the rocky ridge I'm sitting in. So and my one knee is like up high and my left knee is real low, almost straight down the hill. In my le- if that makes sense. My right knee's up high, almost in my belly. My left leg is down like this and I'm shooting like angled down. That's how this mule deer is under me. So I come in and I feel like my release is long. So what I do is I stay at full draw, but I like backed off my anchor. I look at them and I'm kind of actioning through this while I'm talking about it. I look at the mule deer and I go, okay. And I resettle in, re anchor everything, then just hold it on them and squeeze, 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 squeeze. Boom, the shot goes off. 
And I felt like because of the steep angle and the distance of the shot, it was like the arrow had launched over the next ridge. <laughs> it was uh, gone. And I'm like, whoa, way <laughs> over his ass, you know? Like, it, like you know, it seems really slow when you make the shot like that. Yeah. Or it did for me, maybe just in like this weird Prince-like trance I was in. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> Hell, it did for me, and I'm watching through my freaking vitals, and this one goes down. Yeah, I mean, in this photo that I have in the monitor in the studio, Clint can watch the whole thing. And I see the slide not go up, up. And in my head, initially, I'm like, and, and I'm, I'm being dramatic a little bit in how long it took, but I'm, in my mental state, it was almost like I could see it this way. Like slow motion. It was almost like it, it's slow motion as you could see something in reality. It's yeah. hard to explain, like, but it's just, I don't know what it is about the human mind that does this. It seems like in the heat of the moment, when you see the arrow flying, your mind, like, freeze frames it and slows it down freeze so, frame was almost exactly you, how it felt yeah you can almost you can visualize every sec every millisecond that happens it was it was glitchy there. feeling yeah. a little bit yeah, yeah. freeze frame is kind of like a good way to like explain it and it's dropping in dropping in dropping in dropping in dropping in and just smokes him and he just starts rolling downhill <laughs> like and when i say a hill i mean a mountain and all i hear is up on the ridge is Clint just you're oh, the fucking, fucking man <laughs> just fucking <laughs> scream like Indian yelling and just making noise and I remember going like I lost my breath of like in the moment and in my head I don't know what primal instinct took over me but I crawled out of the ridge get off to the side of the rocky ridge so crawl this way so I don't fall down and I hit this and slid on my butt 500 feet going in after him and, and in my head i think like you work so hard to get over here to make that shot go in and get another arrow in him because he's not like double tap him he's not yeah. getting up yeah and it probably not necessary but i did it anyway went down in there and, and then i just collapsed and the whole time i can just hear clint yelling and i'll clint i'll let you take it from here buddy because i for me i kind of blacked out in uh emotion really yeah, I mean, it, it's like, I mean, I live for those moments, like when you're in them, but to experience somebody else be in them where, it, I don't know, it, it's hard to explain. Like, I feel like when I'm in those moments, I can control it. Like, I can control what I do at full draw. Like, I can control the outcome to an extent. So... For me, I feel like I stay pretty calm until the bow goes off, and then I lose my mind. In this fucked up scenario, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know what's, like, I'm thinking, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I'm waiting, like, Kurt's ranging, he's not drawing, and in my head, I want to scream, like, fucking draw, like, you can make the shot, do it, do it, but, like, I know it's further than what it looks, like, it looks long where I'm at. So I know it's long. So I'm thinking like, okay, I'm looking, I got my binos, I'm on a tripod, I'm watching these bucks, they're feeding to him, he's making his play, he's getting to this spot, because I'm like, hey, get to this spot, get to this spot. He's almost there, the bucks are almost there. So it's this weird 50-yard, like, red zone moment where Kurt's got 50 more yards to get to the spot, and these bucks are kind of picking up their pace. And I'm like, fuck, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? Because he's got to get to this spot in time 
before these bucks get too low, and then it's going to be way too far. Like they're starting to veer away from him to where it's just not going to. It's not going to happen. He gets to the spot, and it's almost like I'm celebrating, but we haven't even shot an arrow yet. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, he got to the spot. Like fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Like we're there. <laughs> so then now, now I'm like, oh shit, like. Now we got to make a shot, you know, like, and like I said, like when I'm in these moments, all this stuff is like, just like slow motion. Like I'm in control. Now I'm just watching my best friend do this. And I'm like, Oh my God. It was like one of the most intense clusterfuck moments I've ever been in. Cause like, I can't control anything. I don't really know what's going to happen. I wanted to kill this buck so bad. Like, I mean, it's, it, it, it was, yeah, I mean, it was like the most intense pressure moment that I've maybe ever been in in a hunting scenario. And I'm not even the one that's going to draw the bow back. So I, I go off the binoculars. I'm getting ready to text Devin like, holy shit, it's about to happen. And I see Kurt with my bare eye go draw the bow. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. <laughs> so I go back down to the binos. So at this point, Devin still has no clue like, what's taking place? Like, like he doesn't know. Devin thinks we haven't even seen hill. a deer at this point. Yeah, yeah, De- yeah. Devin has, last time I talked to Devin, me and him are scratching our heads like, what are we going to do tomorrow? Like, fuck, is he going to be able to get back up here? Like, we're going to be dead. Like, fuck, fuck. Yeah, by the way, it's almost 7 o'clock or not 7. And I'm like, holy shit, where's the Right, deer right. Like, I haven't seen Devin- a damn deer. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that hillside had been loaded the last two nights. So like Devin has no clue that up over one ridge, total fucking chaos is about to break out. (laughs) So I go back down on my binos on the tripod. I get refocused in and I'm like, he's at full draw. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, here we go. So I back off a little bit. to where I can see a little bit more, like, full frame. So I got, like, Kurt sitting at full draw on, like, the very left. The very right of my sight window is the buck. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Shot breaks. Here goes the lighted knot. And like Kurt said, it was so weird because even from my angle, it seemed like it took 10 seconds for this fucking arrow to get there. And, I mean, the whole time I'm thinking, he's over it. He's over it. He's close. It might be. Holy fuck, man. (laughs) It hits hits this buck. And I could just tell from the body language of the buck, like, smoked. And it just starts fucking barrel rolling. And I remember, thank God I was off the ledge. Or my tripod and my freaking 12 by 50 loopholes would have literally went 2,000 feet off. I jump up, tripod, binos, everything goes fucking flying. <laughs> I'm yelling and screaming so loud that Devin can hear from the opposing fucking ridgeline back at camp. Like, he doesn't know yet what happened. Like, he doesn't know... Realistically, if Kurt fell and broke both his legs and I'm screaming for help or he shot a buck, like, he just hears me screaming. I'm losing my mind. Kurt takes off and then it hits me. He's in these, he's in his moccasins. And I'm like, and I, I mean, 
I could tell how steep this hillside was from looking at it. I hadn't even been on it yet, but I could tell, like, I've been on enough of these. I'm thinking, oh, shit, like, he just takes off. Down the hill, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm yelling and screaming, but I'm thinking, like, fuck, don't fall. Like, please don't fall, because, like, I know he's pumped, and he's, like, going after the buck, but, like, in my head, I'm freaking out, yelling, but I'm also freaking out, like, oh, my God, be careful, like, don't fucking, don't fall and break your leg, like, uh, dude, it was, like, Instant. I, I slid I, on my butt down that hill, and I was like, my oh, yeah. my feet were fucked because I had my mocks on, oh, and my, my yeah. toes were hitting rocks. So, Devin, I think this is where you come in a little bit. Yeah, so I hear the, the Indian war call, or whatever you called it. <laughs> at that moment, I knew, fuck down, baby, fuck down! <laughs> I was so pumped, dude. That was unreal, dude. Like, at that moment like how hard it is to like kill a high country mule deer. I was like, holy shit. Did this well, just happen? Well, I called you two. Yeah. On day two. I was just like, Whoa. And dude, that moment was like, I don't know, dude. Like for me, I just want it to happen so bad. No matter what hunt I'm on, whether I'm like trying to hunt a squirrel, raccoon, big bucks, big bull, antelope, a whitey. Yeah. Yep. Dude, I just wanted it to happen so bad, and at that moment, I was like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine, like, when you heard Clint screaming, dude, like, because, I mean, you're not, cl- I mean, you're close enough to hear him scream, because he's yelling through a canyon, but I, I guess I, in the moment, I didn't think about that you would hear it, you know what I mean? Dude, it, it was, it like, it was a long ways away, but... Clint screamed so loud, dude. I heard him scream. (laughs) And then he's calling me. And, dude, the only two places we have service is where I was glassing and where Clint was and where you were, which is crazy. Like, if you drop any lower than that, none of us have service, dude. Nope. Yep. So, dude, that's what made that moment so cool is, like, we could all share it together be a part of it. And then I hear Clint scream. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah. Like, dude, like I, that I immediately knew that's what happened. I was like, Oh shit. Uh, well, I didn't know the buck was dead, but I knew you hit a buck at that moment. So that was cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so- it was, it, it, it was cool to, well, I was just, just feeding off what Devin said. Like he explained it good. Like, it was cool that I was able to like call him and then I, I actually was able to get a call off to you when you were down there. Cause you're like, dude, just get here. Like, hurry up. Like I want to wait before I go up yeah. to him. You know, yeah, I didn't and, even and, go like, up to the deer. I just collapsed. Yeah. He would yeah, grab me a beer when you go out there. And, Anything. And it was, uh, it was, it was wild because, you know, I've never like shot, an animal to where I immediately like just broke out in like tears of just joy, frustration, just, just everything let loose. Like it's happened, you know, later on after I thought about it, but like never immediate. And dude, when I saw that arrow hit and that buck roll, I yelled and hooped and like, dude, immediately, like I remember talking to Devin and like dude fucking tears just rolling down my cheeks man like I was so fucking proud so happy like it, it was like 
th that was the whole reason why Devin and I went on that hunt was right there. Like that moment right there to be able to like just have a small piece of like that moment that was such a big moment for you. Like, it, yeah, I mean, fuck, I got goosebumps right now, man, just like thinking about it, talking about it because it was just, you know, people will never understand what you had to overcome and go through mentally and physically to like get that buck killed and to be able to watch you do it and, and just go through the ups and downs of like, Oh God, is he going to draw? He's a full draw. I mean, it was just crazy to like go through that whole cycle with you and not knowing the outcome and then just to watch it all unfold. Like, yeah, it was fucking wild. Yeah. It was just an emotional mess for me, man. And, uh, oh yeah. So Devin just immediately starts running. I think, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got there in like 15 minutes. So, dude, I, I emptied out my pack, knowing that we got like a big pack out. And you guys climbed up to the big peak, but what I did is I just cut the basin. Yeah. And typically we wouldn't cut the basin, but because of like the deer that were in there, like that's where they're betting. But after we killed dude, I was like, okay, I'm going to cut the basin. So that way I just had to go downhill and then it was all flat from there. But yeah, dude, I, what took you guys probably, I don't know. What was that? A couple hours. I come to the, yeah, a couple hours. And then yeah, I, I cut that pretty quick. Yeah, you cut it fast. Because I remember I had Clint grab my pack and my boots and stuff and came down. And then I have a video of Clint coming down the mountain. Like, you can barely see him. And then Clint's down the mountain. And then you hear Devin, you know, whatever you said your time was, or 15 or 20 minutes, boys. And you're just screaming. And I and you're like, I said, 15 minutes, motherfuckers. <laughs> and then I, then I, I don't think know the, if I said 15, but I said something like that. And then I remember you looked down. I remember you telling me you looked down like, holy shit, he's at the bottom. Yeah, dude, I thought like when I looked down that Clint was a little ways down. I thought, okay, that, that's where Kurt is. But no, dude, you were like the your deer rolled all the way down that steep slope, dude, which was like a steep ass slope. I was like, oh, there's Kurt. I was like, holy hell! But yeah, dude, that was unreal. <laughs> well, so, I, I remember when I was at the top, I hit it with the rangefinder, and I mean, I probably was off some because of how I was trying to calculate it. But I mean, it was. We'll just say well within that thousand yards of basically straight down from the food plot down past the Rocky Ridge and then down to the bottom where the buck actually dies. And I mean, I remember going down to the buck thinking like, holy shit. Like if Kurt thought walking up to the peak was hard, wait till we get fucking this buck on his back. Like this is going to be a pack up. Well, for the record, <laughs> Uh, Devin got his dream come true because my buck was full perfect velvet when I shot him, but when he fell yes. and landed to the bottom of that mountain, <laughs> Devin didn't even have to lift a knife. <laughs> dude, dude, he's like, I'm glad that thing fell because it was, yeah, yeah. dude, <laughs> it went from velvet to no velvet. There's another one of them beers out there, huh? Or you just go buy one of these, son of a bitch. You're the man. You gotta be shitting me. Give, me a, give me a fresh one, bartender. We got a bartender in here, Jamie. Thank you. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I need I mean, to be in studio right now so I can get me. Me too. You do need to be here, both of you. We're talking about fresh Coronas with lime and uh, fresh old fashions Dude, coming on. 
Coronas are hitting Damn. different lately. Put in a jury outdoors koozie. Hate on me. I dare you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, Devin got his dream come true because he was no longer perfect velvet when he got to the bottom. And I'll be no. honest, I didn't give a shit, man. I was no. I, the uh-uh. the amount of emotion. I'm not kidding, guys. That came over me was insane. And uh, Devin, this is the second successful hunt I've been on with Devin and Clint around. And when I killed yeah. my bear, Devin recorded the recovery, and I didn't know it. And Devin recorded his way down the mountain. And I'll tack that on the end of this episode uh, down to us. And when we all got together, we legit just three-way hugged like we won the Stanley Cup. And I'm not i I'm not ashamed to admit it. I cried my fucking face off. Dude, I don't know how you can get much more epic of a hunt than Dude. that. I mean, when you look at being a tribute hunt for your dad, yeah. the, the environment that you're in, the physical obstacles that you overcame, and having two of your great buddies that are with you, I mean, how much more epic can Dude, you get? It doesn't. And, and honestly, it was like the exact type of mule deer I thought I would get. It was per- Dude, it was so emotional. Um, and it was just like the true, the real feeling of like my dad guided the arrow, like it. And I've always heard people say that, but I'd never really had a real, like strong grasp on the belief of a situation like that because I'd never had to be, I never had that type of experience in general. Um, I've never, I don't know. You just don't know it until you experience a big life change like that and feel like a powerful moment like that, you know? So uh, yeah. I mean, really, that's exactly what I felt. Like I just, like, and that's what like, going back when I said it just felt right when I drew my bow back. It's like I had a sense of comfort come over me of like, it's gonna happen. I don't, it's and it sounds silly or corny or like made up, but like honest to God, that's how it felt. Like I felt like it. There's no way I could have missed. Like it just felt good. It, and so I just have no doubt my dad had to play in this hunt and you know, was looking over us and celebrating with us like just the same because, man, I got to the bottom. And I'll probably post a video after this podcast launches. And I wasn't going to post it, but I don't know if I showed you, Austin, the video or not. But I showed, like, Doug and Eric when they were in the studio a couple weeks ago, and they're like, dude, I'd post that. That's cool. And it's just me kind of, like, getting emotional and all that because I collapsed, dude. I laid on my back and just laid there, like, 10 feet from the deer and kind of just took in the moment. Like, didn't yep. even go pick him up yet. Yeah, like I just laid there and just basically waited for these guys to get down to me, and I was hard to explain. Like until you've been in something like that or been through like a life change, like losing your best friend, and then you do something like that, it's like it's hard to explain, man. It was it was uh, it was deep, but it's a hunt that I don't know if a hunt will ever top it. Honestly, well, that's what. And you're you're a young man, you know, in your thirties, you'll hunt the rest of your life and probably never have an experience similar to that one. Yeah, but. So it's fun to keep trying and hope for, but yeah, dude, that's I mean, that's gonna be a tough one to beat. It was powerful, man. That's what I, that's what I said. Like besides watching Easton and Keaton like kill their first bucks and turkeys and elk and shit like that. I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, I I really don't know how I could possibly be part of any type of hunt, my own or anybody else's. That was probably more iconic. Um, or just, just more like of a freaking you know, up and down adventure than that hunt was. And I mean, I've been pretty fortunate to be on the, you know, the good side of, of the arrow on quite a few hunts. And I mean, they don't even compare, you know, to what it was me watching that go down. I mean, I was on more pins and needles 
and and my mind was more fucked up over that. Watching him come back to full draw, like I'll never forget in my head, like when I'm at full draw, it's everything slows down to one mile an hour. Kurt went back to full draw, and my mind was like the biggest clusterfuck mess that it could have possibly <laughs> been, like a nine million miles an hour. I was just losing my shit up there, like waiting for the bow to go off. It was it was crazy. I've, I've never really experienced anything like that. Hey, let me see. Yeah, um... like, I... <laughs> I was going to see if I play the... Hold on one second. Is that playing outside on the computer? Oh. I was going to see if I can... Uh, let me see if I can play this. Uh, I have the clip that Devin recorded. I was going to see if I could play it into... Uh... I was gonna see if, if I could not, definitely tag it to the end for sure. Let me see. Yeah, I would. I definitely will. I was gonna see if I could play it so you guys we could all listen to it real quick. Maybe I can here. Let me try something. Dude, that'd be cool. Let me just see. But go. I didn't mean to cut you off, Clint. You're good. To... Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. It was just every time I think back to that, it's just crazy. Like I've just never been in a moment like that where I've been so like just your mind just completely blown on. You know, not yeah. knowing what's going to happen, like the outcome, and like just on pins and needles, like yeah, for sure. Hey, I, I, never I wanted to hunt that bad. I think I, I think I can play. Let me know if you guys can hear this. Hold on, can you hear that? Walking up. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna play this because if you you can hear that too, Devin. Yeah, I can hear it. Okay, yep. I'm gonna just play, play it. this. It's I don't know how long it is, but. I'm going to play it and we'll just meet afterwards. I don't know what we can hear. I haven't actually listened to the whole thing. I just think it's a good time to play. If I'm going to play it at the end, we might as well play it now and react to it. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so what about the Hellstorm? Do we need to talk about the Hellstorm? Or are we? Well, this is before. Well, hell, I was going to say, yeah, we haven't even got to the pack out yet. Okay, all right, go for it. Okay, here we go. Sorry if this is loud, guys. I'm mixing this on the fly. I'm talking to everybody listening. To Kurt's buck, approximately 60 yards away. Holy shit. Is that the one that stripped? <laughs> oh! Dude, what a stud. <laughs> so sick, dude. Congrats, dude. <laughs> Fucking congrats. Get in the strip hog, dude. Oh, man. Come on, kiss you, buddy. Oh, I got kicked on that floor. Oh, I just oh, kissed her on the forehead. Oh, 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 wow, dude. Epic, dude. Fuck, dude. Fuck, that's a good buck, too. Oh. I knew he was. God damn it. Dude. All right. We got some what? Picks, dude. A stud. We'll get the ones of us later. We got to get you in them right now. Holy crap, the- dude. We are racing daylight, by the way. So people are listening. We are racing daylight because it was about. So oh, we're like, yeah, we got to get some photos. So, all right, back to it. Wow. Dude, look at that body. That's a big old boy. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's my kind of buck, dude. (laughs) Big old troll. Holy smokes. Oh. Oh, dude, what a stud. Yeah, lift up on his half and we'll tuck his legs. Okay. 
I think that's like uh, this is this is right before we go to breed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clint's the first one in line. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> the audio gets pretty quiet, so I think it's us just like we celebrate, and then we're like, "Shit, we're running because we want to get good because we have to cut it up." So we're like we're racing daylight because we know after we get photos in daylight, then we have some work ahead of us. So yep. um, it's not like we're rushing oh, through yeah, the moment, yeah. but we're just a lot of it is. Let me just skim. Yeah, a lot of it is just. Um, a lot of heavy breathing. A lot of heavy breathing, um, <laughs> which is awesome. So that's. Did you say, did you say heavy breathing? Yes. Yeah, heavy breathing. Both. <laughs> so we get we Devin gets down there and we just like have a party pretty much and um, we basically we quarter him out and everything like that. It's it's dark on us now and um, we we spread my dad's ashes and and do all that. Like I, I brought cool. some of my dad's ashes with and spread them out there and then That's awesome. kind of marked where it was where we spread the ashes and stuff cuz I just thought oh, that'd be really cool to do. And we get it all quartered up and kind of make our game plan, who's taking what. We get there and I'm I'm like doing my tag stuff, you know. Like I'm like as like when they're finishing up, I'm like getting my tag ready. Because in Wyoming, you don't have to tag the animal during transportation be, in case it were to fall off. Okay. So you can have it on your person and not have it on the antler um, because you're going through rough terrain and stuff. And I was worried about that. I'm like, I don't want to put this on the antler and like hit a bunch of brush and lose the tag. Right. So which I was once we did all that, I'm like, okay, thank God I can just have it on me. So uh, I'm doing like all the tag shit and then I hear Clint and Devin like talking. I'm not really paying attention. Well, I hear Clint rack his pistol and I'm like, hold on, what's going on up here? And they're like, uh, you got to think it's steep right here. So if they're above me, ahead of me, they're uphill and they're like, Clint's like, oh shit, a lion. And I'm like, God damn it. Like I'm... (laughs) Let me have my victory, man. Like, you know, and, and all of a sudden I'm like, man, you, that whole time where I told my wife I wasn't going to bring my pistol. I really wish I had that right now because Clinton was the only one that had it. And, and and we're not talking like 44 mag. We're talking compact, like nine millimeter with a three inch barrel. Like we ain't hit shit over 10 feet away. You know, Hey, you got a lot of, you got a lot of rounds in the chamber though. <laughs> yeah. Nine. <laughs> I'm going off. Of, I'm going off of just straight sound. I'm not going to hit him. I'm just going to scare him with a bang. Yeah, <laughs> right. We're just we're praying on like loud noises, scaring the shit out of anything that wants to kill us or to steal our deer. And uh, so it's up in the air. It, it could have been a lion. It could have been a fox. It could have been a coyote. Either way, I wasn't having it. Well, then next thing that happens, we're all concerned about this lion, fox, man, bear, pig thing. Up on the hill, Wolverine, Wolverine <laughs> wanting to eat us. Hail, one hundred percent a lion, dude. One hundred percent. Devin calls it I a know, lion. Man. You kept, you kept trying to like dim it down. You're like, no, no, man. I think it's just a fox. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not believing it. I'm like, fuck, dude. I ain't no fox, man. And, and you remember, I was thinking about going the long way back. I was like, hell no, we're going straight up that hill towards the lion. Go right the ass. Like, I, I think it might be a fox. <laughs> so I, in my head i'm looking at the thing. i'm like i don't know if devin's lying just because he doesn't go around because like i thought it was strange for clint to like rack around and i you know i'm in the dark over there you know like trying to preserve headlamp then all of a sudden hail starts hitting us then the hail gets bigger then it gets bigger and bigger next thing we know we're uh, like yeah. oh shit Fucking golf balls. 
<laughs> so we run into these like shitty pine trees and just let the hail beat the shit out of us for 15 minutes. In my head, I'm like, if this turns to like softball size hail up here, we're dead. We're going to be in trouble. Like it could have been a real issue because there's nowhere to go. Oh, we put our packs. It was so bad. We put our packs like in our raincoats and shit. Like we got over top of our head trying to break up the freaking the hail because it's so bad. Devin's over there. He's like, oh, this is fucking awesome. He's got no hat on. Shit's just beating the hell out of the top of his head. <laughs> and then he's like, head. oh, man. He's like, this shit hurts. We're like, no shit. Like, the golf ball's hitting you on the top of the head. <laughs> this shit hurts. Well, dude, those are the moments, dude, that you live for. Like, oh. Yeah, just, it's not every it. day that you kill a buck, see a mountain lion, have a lightning storm. Run into a yeah. hellstorm, and then just clear okay, up. Like, holy, holy shit! This is crazy. But at the same time, I was like, "This is pretty cool." Pretty cool. <laughs> now I had no idea like how long it was gonna last for. Right, right. Which thank like, God it didn't last very long. Oh, like, I mean, I think we were sitting under those trees and taking cover for like. I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, but yeah. Devin, say say what you said when you're like talking about the sky and whatever. Oh, dude, I don't I don't know if I fully remember, but Yeah, remember you're like, dude, if this clears yeah. out, I'm gonna freak I'm gonna freak out. Like, remember that? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, he called yeah, it. I said you called it. Papa Dave, dude. Oh what 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 I remember thinking, I was like, dude, like if the sky clears out, like Papa Dave was giving us like this cool experience yeah because it's not every day that you get to experience something like that where you where you have a lightning storm a hell storm and it blows over in 20 minutes dude and in in 20 minutes we looked up and there were stars and dude i i've never ever experienced something like that where it's like oh shit we're in trouble and then all of a sudden it clears out Thanks, Papa Dave. I mean, seriously, dude, like that was unreal. Oh, Papa Dave was giving you guys that full Western experience out there. I, I think it was like genuinely like his, like, I don't know, kind of like this is going to be a way better story if I throw some hail at you. I don't know, have any other reason <laughs> yeah. why you would have done it. Well, well he gave us a steep ass hill, a mountain lion hail, lightning, and then yeah. stars. The it's, more obstacles you have to overcome, the sweeter like, this hey, is going to be. He was saying, hey, you're welcome for the deer. You're welcome for guiding the arrow. And now I'm going to give you some shit by giving you a hellstorm. <laughs> and then I'm going to clear well, it and let you guys hike up in the stars. And that was well, legit. And what yeah. was bad was it was cool as shit, like the hail, the stars. And then what was bad, though, is that made this 1,000-yard climb straight up so much tougher because now <laughs> shit's wet. Okay, and it's like, dude, I'm well, telling first you. Off, I gotta, first off, we forgot to talk about how we brought up Austin and Ross and the stars because back in Bear Camp two years ago, <laughs> me, me and Devin got to listen to them two fight over the stars for about <laughs> 12, for about 30 minutes one night. And, and I remember looking up at the stars being like, 
man, if Austin and Props are here, they'd be fighting over what the fuck's the big dipper, where's the little dipper, where's freaking Jupiter's ball sack or whatever the hell they are. That, I don't know the constellations. That could but. have been Knob Creek induced. I'm not, I can't remember. Oh, Knob no, Creek and Crown Royal. It was 100%. That was the night you guys had Devin and I drink all that freaking shit with you. And we're laying in there feeling sick as heck, but laughing our asses off because you guys are out there arguing over stars, just not. <laughs> Nonchalantly arguing. <laughs> All right, so here, here's why I pull back over this. Like, I'm telling you, this hill, mountain, it was a mountain hill. <laughs> hill is an understatement. When we went back up it, Clint went first to cut footholds in for Devin and I, and it was, it was by far the steepest shit I've ever gone up. And while we were going up it, I remember Devin saying. Do you know what the shittiest part about this whole mountain is? And I'm like, what? He goes, you're going to tell people about this afterwards, and no one will ever know how steep this is. Yeah. And he goes, I've been on some steep shit. He goes, this is fucking steep. And God, it was brutal, dude. So you guys have three guys packing out one deer in one trip? Yeah. Okay, so... We we debated leaving it because of the storm. How do you break him down? So you got two two rears, two fronts... What we did was we took... um, uh, Devin and Clint both got front shoulder and deboned rear rear shoulder. I took backstrap... I took backstrap stakes, um, hide skull antlers. Okay. And that's how we got the whole thing out. Okay. And yeah, probably, probably roughly everybody's got, mm, I don't know, 70, 80 pound packs, maybe. Yeah, probably. That's a heavy pack on flat ground, let alone going up. Dude, this whole thousand foot. I don't know how I can explain without being annoying how steep this fucking mountain was. I was scratched the whole first day misery in the middle of this, but I was also like, I, I, I had the high of like having this antlers on my back, yeah, right? So and that helps out. It helps. But as we're going up it, I'm like, can't believe we're going up it. And I, uh, the light of knock from the shot I left in the mountain as like a tribute, like left the light on for Papa Dave. And I remember pass so cool. And I remember passing the light of knock and looking back down once we climbed past it. And it wasn't like, oh, it's down the hill. It was like, where's the, oh, it's below us. It's way down like, there. Like, when I say below us, I mean, like we weren't like looking out at it. We were like, oh, shit, it's beneath us. It's probably the more accurate description. And I just, I wish there was a way to actually, like, our phones are dying. Our headlamps are dying. We're using our phones as flashlights at this point. Like, I wish we would have took some video that would actually show how far and how steep this hill was because that's kind of a cool thing about those western hunts though like that's for you like there's yeah. no way you're ever going to put that into words i mean you, yeah the, ter- oh, the sure. terrain the steepness all that that's for you guys you guys experience that i mean for anybody you know? to really know what it's like you have to really get boots on the ground and see what it's like you just you can't put that into words yeah i mean i mean that 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 was as steep as my Colorado buck that I fucked myself up on a couple years ago solo. Just not as much, um, not all the rock bands and the cliffs, but as far as just straight up and down vertical, it honestly reminded me so much of that because my buck did the same thing. I hit him, rolls clear down to the bottom, and there's one way out. 
This, Straight up. I'm showing I mean, these guys some pictures that, in the like, studio. And this picture right here, you can kind of see how steep that is. Yep. Like, it's fucking not a good time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, deeper, it, that would have been a cliff. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, yep. Yep. If that hill could have been any steeper, it would have been a cliff. There were a lot of parts on that pack out where I was digging in with both hands, like hands over feet. Because if you lean back too far, you'd literally flip over and roll down. I mean, you know, it was that steep to where when you took a break, you had to lean forward. You couldn't lean back and try to stretch your back out. And you sure as hell weren't taking your pack off for fear of just as you're taking your pack on swinging around, like falling backwards. I mean, it was that steep. Yeah. Like once we strapped packs on, there was no taking packs off. Like you weren't sitting down like our brakes we're basically just lean in towards the hill a couple minutes and then keep going because, I mean, the whole time your calves are just burning up. What You know, you're taking a break for your lungs, but your calves are just killing themselves while you're sitting there straining them, like, yeah. not moving. Yeah. So it was like a double-edged sword. Like, breaks, honestly, like, I mean, in that scenario, yeah, you're, you're helping your lungs, but when it's that steep, you're killing your legs because there is no sitting down. You're not taking your pack off. I mean, it's, you know, you're just trying to get up there as fast as you can and get the fuck off that slope. Damn. Yeah, it was brutal. And so we get, and it's covered in hail. That's an epic picture right there. Yeah. I'm showing them the, the group picture of all three of us, which I'll do for the cover art. But we, we get to the top of that saddle and it is like, to me, I'm like, we did it. And, <laughs> we hadn't done it yet and uh we we keep hiking and i'm just like in utter misery and at one point i grab my phone and i go clint take a picture of me because i want to i want to remember how much this fucking sucked and this moment and that's honestly exactly I know. I already know the picture you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. all my shit. Uh, like, your face is beet red. Your eyes are uh, like glassy. Uh, what's so <laughs> funny is that. Wasn't that the moment when I said, "Hey, Kurt, for five thousand dollars, if you said I'm gonna stop you right there, go fuck yourself. I would not go back down that and up with nothing on my back. Five thousand dollars right now, and I was mind blown. No, I'm like, no. you wouldn't go back down there and up." Tomorrow for five grand, you're like there is not enough money right now to get no. me to do that. And me and Devin were like, "What?" You look, you look like you're having a good time there. Clint goes, "Well, you must have a lot more money than me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, "Well, you must have a." I'm like, "I'm doing it for five hundred bucks." I'm showing them the picture. You can see it on the ground all the hail. Yeah, like that's not okay. snow. That's hail. Damn. So, it was so cool, man. So yeah, I was in misery, but you, it, you look miserable in that picture. I was having oh, a hard yeah. time. Like you can see, like I'm holding onto that tree, not because I'm uh, to look cool. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm using it to hold myself up. Yeah. So uh, we we got out of there, we tied it up in the tree, and we get back to camp. And I'm thinking, like I'm gonna pass out for our camp, our hike back down the mountain tomorrow. And I think I had pushed my body into some sort of like survival mode trigger. Survival mode. I yep. I would I could not sleep. Really? Like I yep. I was so exhausted yep. 
that I think my body was like, why am I like, what is happening? Like, I, I honestly think yeah. physically, not I'm mentally, I kind of, I knew what was going on, but I think physically my body was, yeah. and I don't even know that's a real thing, but I have no other way to explain it. My body went into a state of like, what at, what are you going through? Like survival, like physical yeah. survival mode. And I couldn't sleep. Yeah. I was so restless, so tired and so restless all at the same time. It was very strange, um, which didn't, that, that's good. Hundred percent. No, I, like you're telling that story, and I'm thinking like on my Colorado hunt when I I don't get back till four a.m. Rolled ankle. I'm bleeding. Like I'm all tore up. I remember thinking I'm gonna sleep for the whole next day. Like I hope I wake up in my tent. I got back at four, dude. By seven thirty, I was like limping my ass back out for my first pack out heading towards my truck. I couldn't sleep. Like, I was so tired, like you just explained, but, like, my eyes would shut, but my body would not let me sleep. Like, my body was like, holy shit, you're dying, or, like, holy shit, what's going on? Like, the restless, like, how you just explained it, that took me back to that, literally that morning, dude, when I got back to my camp at, like, 4 a.m. Like, I'll never forget that. Like, it was the weirdest thing I've ever, I was so tired, but yet so awake, at the same time, like it's just it's it's fucked up to even like try to explain. Well, and then what happened was I was having like weird dreams or like weird. I was like hearing shit. Like I thought there was a bear trying to get into our tent. Oh yes, is that the night that the bear? Yeah, that was crazy. You were like yelling. Yeah, I was yelling. I was like get get, and I th- I legit <laughs> thought there was a bear. And then like I wake Devin up like. It, but I, I remember waiting. I remember like laying in my tent waiting. Like, am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? And then it finally got to the point where I started yelling. And I was like, shit, there's a bear. Like, it sm- smelled or it sounded like a bear sniffing and smelling around the tent. Like, Whoa. like, <laughs> like doing that. And like, I just like, I don't know. I started yelling. And, you know, Devin's like in another world. He's asleep, you know. But like, to me, I, I would have put money on it, you know. <laughs> You were just hearing Devin over there sawing logs. In the I next probably tent. was, but it was like I don't know, man. I don't know if it's because I was exhausted. I was hearing things, or I I can't explain it. Damn, it was weird. I was more like, go back to sleep, Kurt. Go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but basically, we get up and we just kind of get our shit, and we went down the mountain the next day, and that's all she wrote. It was a short hunt, but it was the longest hunt of my life at the same time. So how brutal was the pack out like from camp back like five or six miles back to the vehicle? Oh, I, wasn't I wanted that at all. Hell, I pretty much ran the whole way down. <laughs> I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to die. So if you had to do the pack out going from the kill to camp or from camp back to the truck, which one would you pick? From the kill to camp. No shit. I, I well, I yeah. don't know because the pack out from camp down to base camp wouldn't be so bad if I wouldn't have done the pack out from yeah, kill to just, camp compounded um, because of you'd already done the first my time. ankles and my Your knees yeah. were um just another level of shot i and i really think where it really blew my legs out was from where the buck landed up like that steep hill that fucked me like that's what got me you know it was that brutal um i think if i wouldn't have gone through that steep of a hike back up from the kill i think i would have been much better but it got to the point, like when I'm walking on what trail was there, like I was falling, like I was like my ankles were rolling off the side of the trail, like because it's kind of like a switchback trail that was there, and like my legs. Oh, yeah, were, you like damn near 
rolled off a couple of times. Like, like you like caught yourself because yeah. your ankles were giving out. Yeah. My ankles were giving out. And then what I was doing, I was falling on my shins on the side of the mountain. And then when I got back home, like my, both of my shins all the way up from like ankle to knee were bruises from like, just, uh, I, I just, I don't know how to explain that. You got weight on your back. And then when you fall, you kind of use your, cause it's steep. So you're kind of falling into your shin to catch you as you fall. So it's like my shins were bruised in like this very weird way, like not bruised and then like someone kicked me in the shin, but like a big surface bruise type. And it was, I don't know, it was just hard to explain. My feet were fucked. My left toenail was shattered from sliding down after the buck. Oh um, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, Your toenail was all screwed up. So I have like Luco tape all over my feet. My, my knees hurt. My ankles hurt. It, it was cool. Honestly, like it was after I got done, I was, I was, it was cool, but God damn. Like I, I'll tell you when I got back to camp, I grab, I got to my truck and I put Crocs on and my feet were so <laughs> tender. You know, the little bumps inside Crocs and you put them on. I had to take the Crocs off because those were burning up my feet. <laughs> That's how bad my feet hurt. That Crocs were uncomfortable. So <laughs> that's when you know you've pushed your body too far. Yeah, it was uh, it was well, cool, man. Dude, congratulations to you and you. to to Devin and Clint for being there. I mean, I wish I could have been a part of it. It just it's the definition of an epic tribute hunt. I mean, I don't yeah. know how you guys could have done any better yeah, out yeah. there. Just insane. It was incredible, man. And like you know, it to do that. We packed the buck out into my dad's birthday, like in the pack down was on my dad's birthday. So it was yep. kind of like this, like this photo I have pulled up on the monitor in the studio. That that's my dad's birthday right there. You know, like yep. we're packing this buck off the mountain together. And, um, you know, I know I, I thanked you guys a lot when we were on that hunt, but like, no, thank you will ever be enough. You know, it's just, it never will be like you guys took hunting time away from your season to, watch me suffer and and you know luckily be successful on a hunt so i'm i'm forever grateful and the way i look at it forever in debt to you guys so you know uh, i definitely appreciate Congrats, it Congrats, dude really dude that that was legit dude the way that that happened thanks papa dave dude that that was unreal dude yeah. i've been on a lot of high country hunts dude and that right there yeah papa dave Devin, I want you to talk about something real quick if you want to, if you feel like talking about it, about uh, a dream you had. Oh, dude, I don't want Okay, yeah. I'll do it. So, dude, I, okay, so let, let me explain this. So, there's, you have a dream, and then there's like, well, well, for me, dude, I have like these, it's weird. It's, it's not quite a dream, but it's like almost when I'm falling asleep, it's like I have these, like, I don't want to call it a vision. I'm just going to call it a dream. But it happens, like, really quick. So, I, like, I've had it when I was, like, a, a vision of when I'm, I'm fishing or, like, what what's going to happen. But anyway, so Clint and I went up to the peak to look at the saddle that Kurt killed his buck in. And the day before, I had this vision slash dream which it's gonna sound weird but and uh and as i'm falling asleep in my tent on my pad it's super windy at night it's like i have this quick little dream and i look and the dream that i'm having is i'm looking down on the saddle and clint's with me 
and I look down and and we're seeing these bucks, which is the exact same thing that happened when Clint and I were up on that peak looking at the saddle that Kurt killed in. And all of a sudden I see this guy walking towards the deer. I'm like, oh shit, this guy's walking towards our deer that we're going to hunt the next day. I'm like, oh shit, that's Papa Dave. And no shit, like this vision that I had happened in a matter of like seconds. But anyway, dude, I've never met your dad. I've never met Papa Dave. But it was just really strange that I had this dream that happened the day before you killed Kurt. So I don't know if I explained that very well, but yeah, well, it, it was just a, a, a really cool moment for me. And it, it was weird because, like you said, Kurt's like, like, I don't know if I believe in that shit. Yeah. But that moment right then and there, I see yeah. Papa Dave walk in in the saddle the day before you kill or the night before you killed. That's wild. I don't know, man. I, I, I never believed in that shit until like this hunt. I, I think, you know, like it just the way it went down, it was like, fuck like that shit. And it's not like the way it happened. It's how I felt about it, the way yeah. it happened. You know, well, it sounds like all of you kind of felt his presence yeah. out there. Yeah. It, it was like truly yeah. like my dad, like spiritually, like basically had a play in this hunt. Yep. You know, like it's like, oh for sure. It's it's hard yep. to explain, but I but you know me me saying that also like I'm the dude that maybe it's like an asshole perspective. It's kind of like yeah, I'm sure he did. You know what I mean? Like if, if I wouldn't yeah. have had this experience and I would have listened to someone talk about this podcast, and maybe not not that I would say that out loud, but in my head I've been like yeah, I'm sure that happened that way. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like kind of being like yep. doubting yep. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Suspicious, like suspicious of it, but even like or like skeptical, skeptical. Yeah, skeptical is the word. Like, and even having experienced it, like I'm wondering, like, did I really feel that? And I know, I know, yeah. I did when I think about it in this way. Like, yeah. So, you know what I mean? But I don't think every time you go hunting, you're always going to feel that. I feel like it comes and it goes no. because it's no. Nope. It's a special thing, you know what I mean? Like it's uh when you look at the big picture yeah. and what you guys accomplished and experienced out there, I I mean, I wasn't out there, but I think it's probably pretty obvious for you guys that he yeah. was he was with you on that hunt. Yeah, it's hard to explain. For sure. It's probably, it's easy for people to say who weren't who weren't there or someone just listened to this as a naysayer. Like, yeah, you can laugh at it, but man, I'm telling you. Dude, I'm going to go on the record right now. Papa Dave was a part of that hunt, dude. 100 percent yeah and i'm with yeah. you on that oh yeah and, and it, it's like there's there's moments <clears throat> where stuff happens it's just like it's just like moments that like let you know everything's gonna be okay or like or it's just i don't know like, like that's, I remember, that's a good way to put that i think like, yeah like like last year whatever like i couldn't make it to to Trey and Liv, you know, like when their little boy Clyde passed away last year and, and I couldn't make it, I couldn't get a flight. I couldn't get flights to work out, to go out to the tribute for his like funeral and the services and stuff. And I killed a Clyde buck that night. And like the way that all come together, like that's the, that's the first time in since it happened that I felt not okay with the situation, but like, I just felt, at peace a little bit with like, it's going to be okay. 
Like, if that makes sense. Like, like it was yeah. like the weirdest, like I shocked or, or like, like, I don't know. It's weird. Like I've had some experiences like that. Like you're describing, like, honestly, the night that you called me and I was in Nebraska this year when your dad passed away that night, I'm walking back to camp and I mean, you called me like I'm crying you're crying. I'm turkey hunting shitty day. I walk up and I look down and there's a 165 inch match set of 10 point sheds just laying there. You just like just laying five feet apart. And I remember just thinking like shit, like, that's probably Papa Dave, like being like, "Hey, man, it's it's good, like it's good, like it's right. all good, it's gonna be all." Yeah, I mean, I, just weird. I don't know. It's like, did that really happen because of that? I don't know. But like, it's just weird that certain moments happen, and you immediately are just like, "Damn!" Like, I don't know. It's just really cool. And like, those moments don't happen often. They don't happen a lot. But when they do, they just they mean a lot. Yeah, for sure. And my dad was like the most selfless person you could meet so it's it's yeah. on it's oh, on absolutely it's on par for how my dad was but yeah. um we we got yeah. we do we get back to camp man and it's uh we basically go back downtown we go get a prime rib and we're celebrating man and yeah. i'm just uh i don't know how to explain how i'm feeling like just beyond grateful like it's uh it's hard to explain like it's it's crazy you know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, it's emotional, man. Like, I'm kind of getting emotional talking about it, really. It was, um, I don't know, like, hunting and family are the only two things that get me weird like this, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. it was just like, I don't know. It's hard to explain unless you've been there, you know? Yeah, that, it was. That home was special, dude. I want to yeah. thank you, Kurt, for, you know, I know you drew the tag and you asked me to go, but dude, that was a that was a special hunt. I want to thank Papa Dave and and Clint. I mean, dude, that that was I don't know, like explain it, dude. But I've like Clint, he's been here in Utah for quite a bit. I don't know, what'd you say, Clint? Like fifteen, twenty days now this oh, year. Man. Had- I think I was gonna say I think I think you and I. I hunted like twenty some days this year together, <laughs> and, and we we haven't killed, dude. But nope. And we both but, said if the only tag on we your killed hunt, on your was hunt, your hunt, dude. That I, was that was yeah. Papa Dave, dude. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I've been I've been I've been saying it all year. Like if that's the only tag that gets filled on my whole hunting season was watching you fill your tag successful as fuck on the year man like that was that was the most important hunt of the whole year like i was looking forward to that more than any tag that i've ever had so i can't thank you enough for you know asking Devin and i to come and you know just for papa dave playing his part and and just the whole deal man i mean it was that's something that we'll never forget i mean every aspect of that hunt like some hunts you just don't ever forget anything about and that's going to be one of those hunts that you just don't ever, like, those memories just will never dull or fade at all. I mean, you'll just never forget any of that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm forever grateful for you guys for going. And, man, what a what a trip of a lifetime, dude. That's something I'll remember forever. And 
Um, Old Barn came and picked them up, and we're actually going to. Uh, for, so you know, Devin, we're getting artificial velvet no, put, put back on. No, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> and uh, and as he's going to look real nice in the well, studio, I, I'm basically leaving it up to Sam at Old Barn how he how he wants to mount them. So. All right, all right. <laughs> I might have to call the. Uh, I might have to call Sam up and tell him not to do the, the velvet, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Well, we, we need to get you guys down here. We need to get Devin on some whitetails is what we need. I think that's coming in the yeah, future. Yeah, we do. We need to get the gun. I'd like yep. to get you guys in here in a couple of weeks here. I've been talking to Trey. Here, I got, I got a question real quick. Yeah. Do whitetails come in velvet or hardhorn? In Illinois, you can only kill them in hardhorn because their season opens later. All right, perfect. Yep. That's good. Same, same, Devin, same Devin Ohio, would have Ohio. a freak walk by him still in velvet. <laughs> yeah. A buck that yeah, caught yeah, his yeah. nuts. He'd have some giant yeah. 180 cut his nuts on a barbed wire fence and ruin his testosterone, and then he'd just, just never have the urge to rub his velvet off, and Devin <laughs> would shoot him. <laughs> some pass. Some once in a lifetime. I'd pass them. 180 inch velvet whitetail in November. The Holy <laughs> Grail. <laughs> Fuck that velvet. <laughs> the holy grail, yeah. Matter of fact, I'll shoot him and then strip the velvet. There you go. <laughs> Sandblast it right off. But, yeah. Uh, well, you got. Moral of the story is if you don't take anything else away from this podcast, just take away that Devin got his wish that I would shoot a buck in full velvet and he'd fall a thousand feet and then become hardhorn at the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> and also, That's take. Right. Also, also, take take away that Kurt has a lot more money than Devin and I, because we would have went back up and down that bitch for five hundred. He wouldn't do it for five grand. <laughs> Money's just money at that All right, point. I'm gonna end it right here, boys. Go shoot your bow for Papa Dave. <laughs>